Hare Krishna, welcome to this episode of Bhagavad Gita. Today's verse is Bhagavad Gita chapter 4, text 18. Karma, Akarma and Vikarma. <coughs> Om, namo bha- <coughs> Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun melitam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha Shri chaitanya mano bhishtam sthapitam yena bhutale Svayam rupaha kadamahyam dadati svapadandikam Vandeham shri guru shri yutapadakamalam shri gurun vaishnavamscha Shri rupam chagrajatam sahagana raghunathanvitam tamsajeevam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Kantanamostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasindhubhya Evacha Paditanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namon Namaha Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare so welcome back to this Bhagavad Gita series and today's topic is Karma, Akarma and Vikarma. <coughs> Chapter 4, text 18 of Bhagavad Gita. So we'll chant the word to word. Please repeat after me and then after that line by line as usual. Karmani, Akarma, Yah, Pashyet, Akarmani Cha Karma Yah Sah Buddhiman Manushyeshu Sah Yuktah Kritsna Karma Krit So sometimes devotees pronounce this wrongly as Krishna. It is Kritsna. Kritsna means all, you know. <coughs> so line by line. Karmanya karma yahapashyed. Akarmani chakarma yaha. Sabuddhiman manushyeshu. Sayukta Kritsna Karma Krit 
कर्मण्यकर्म यश्येद अकर्मणि चर्मय स बुद्धिमुष्यु सयुक्त कृत्स्नकर्म कर्मण्यकर्म यश्येद अकर्मणि चर्मय स बुद्धिमुष्यु सयुक्त कृत्स्नकर्म सो दिस वेरी इलाबोरेट टॉपिक इन फैक्ट दिस फ्यू वर्स स्टार्टेड ऑन संडे and all the way through i think about until almost 433 are all about the action how to act <clears throat> so this is a very elaborate topic and today we will take a deep dive into this all right so <clears throat> translation and purport by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shri prabhupad ki jai translation one who sees inaction in action and action in inaction is intelligent among men and he is in the transcendental position although engaged in all sorts of activities it's very interesting right <laughs> one who sees inaction in action and action in inaction so purport a person acting in krishna consciousness is naturally free from the bonds of karma his activities are all performed for krishna therefore he does not enjoy or suffer any of the effects of work consequently he is intelligent in human society even though he is engaged in all sorts of activities for krishna akarma means reaction with reaction to sorry akarma means without reaction to work the impersonalist ceases fruitive activities out of fear so that the resultant action may not be a stumbling block on the path of self realization but the personalist knows rightly his position as the eternal servitor of the supreme personality of godhead therefore he engages himself in the activities of krishna consciousness so did you understand that the impersonalist ceases fruitive activities out of fear he stops to act because he thinks action is the cause of all problem so the solution is not to act anymore but that is like becoming a stone um, a non living entity so actually it is kind of a suicide spiritual suicide that <clears throat> to shun away from action but the personalist knows rightly his position as the eternal servitor of the supreme personality of godhead therefore he engages himself in activities of krishna consciousness because everything is done for krishna he enjoys only transcendental happiness in the discharge of this service Those who are engaged in this process are known to be without desire for personal sense gratification. The sense of eternal servitorship to Krishna makes one immune to all sorts of reactionary elements of work. The sense of eternal servitorship to Krishna makes one immune to all sorts of reactionary elements to work. Now, that's the end of the purport, but we want to uh, understand this in great detail. See. the last verse if you remember you see 4.16 the translation even the intelligent are bewildered in determining what is action and what is an action now i shall explain to you what action is knowing which you shall be liberated from all misfortune and the next verse the next verse as well 
the intricacies of action are very hard to understand um, therefore one should know properly what action is what forbidden action is and what inaction is see although it is said that even the most intelligent cannot understand it is said here that one should know properly Bodhavyam should be understood. You see how many times Bodhavyam? Karmano hyapi Bodhavyam. Bodhavyam cha vikarmana. Akarmanas cha Bodhavyam gana karmano gati. So if it is not understood even by the most intelligent person, how can we understand? So that is the descending process. Avaroha, uh, what is that? Avaroha pantha. Pantha means the path. Aroha pantha, avaroha pantha. That means, Aroha pantha means the ascending process. What is the ascending process? The ascending process is the imperfect process um, like what the scientists do or the philosophers of this world. What is that? Okay, I have with my sensory perception, I have this much knowledge now. With this knowledge, I try to increase and make my perception so-called better and understand even more and even more. So, increasing the knowledge based on the sensory perception or mental uh, cap capacity or intellectual capacity using our senses or mind or intelligence to understand more and more and more and more this is the ascending process <clears throat> the descending process avaroha avaroha pantha is that we take knowledge from the perfect source the source of all knowledge and the end of the quest of knowledge vedanta vedanta means the quest of knowledge, the, the end of the quest of knowledge. That is, Veda is to survive, Ahameva Vedya, Krishna is saying. Out of, after all research, if one is really perfect in his research and if he has completely understood all knowledge, then at the end, he will come to Krishna. Bahunam janmanamante jnanavan maam prapadyate. So that is the end of knowledge. So that end of knowledge is the source of all knowledge. Krishna is the source of all knowledge. So, when he is explaining, instead of relying on my senses and my mental capacity or intellectual capacity, which are actually, honestly, very tiny, we cannot really understand the magnitude of the, I mean, the, the cosmic, and cosmic even is a very small word. <laughs> cosmic is very big for us, but as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, this one cosmos, one universe, is just like one mustard seed among a bag of mustard seeds. So, it's impossible for our tiny brain to comprehend what the absolute truth is and the process to go to the absolute truth. Everything is very puzzling if we try with our tiny intelligence. This is called Dr. Frog's philosophy. Huh? What is that? Um, what is that? Kukuti. No, not Kukuti. Uh, what is that called? Frog in a blind well. <clears throat> so basically, the point is, Andha Mandukanyaya, Manduka? Kupa Mandukanyaya, yeah, Kupa Mandukanyaya. So Manduka means the frog. The frog is in a well which is like maybe three meters in diameter, and <clears throat> that's all he understands. The well is his world. So now, if he is somehow or other informed of the Pacific Ocean, then he will try to understand the Pacific Ocean in terms of what he has already seen, the well. So he will try to understand, hey, if somebody if somebody comes and says to the frog, hey, you know what, 
I found a body of water so vast that you cannot imagine its size. Then this, this frog in the well will say, Oh, really? Is that, is that so? <clears throat> How big is it? Like, like 10 times this size or 100 times or 1000 times? Or maybe 10,000 times the size of this well. I mean, well will, when he will ever understand the size of the well, I mean the size of the Pacific Ocean. So without tiny brain, we cannot really understand. So this ascending process is a very, very defective process. And moreover, our senses have a lot of imperfections. We have four defects. Brahma, Pramad, Vipralipsa, Karanapatav. So we have imperfect senses. We have um, tendency to commit mistakes, uh, tendency to be illusion and cheating propensity. These things disqualify us to have perfect knowledge of anything. So the best process of receiving knowledge is the descending process. That means take knowledge from the highest source, Krishna, and then accept it. That's it. Axiomatically accept whatever Krishna says. Whether we can prove it or cannot prove it uh, with our sense, with our tiny senses, whatever Krishna says is perfect. So just accepting the knowledge from him, as Arjuna did, Sarvametadritam manye, I, I accept whatever you say. And Karishya Vachanam Tava, I will do whatever you ask me to do. So that attitude will help us quickly come to the perfectional stage of life, where we will have complete knowledge because we have taken it from Krishna. And our action also will be perfect because we are doing what Krishna is asking us to do. So that way, we are completely, the whole puzzle of life is solved. Therefore, it is said <coughs> that we must understand uh, what is action, what is inaction and what is sinful action. From where? From Krishna. That's why Krishna is speaking now in Bhagavad Gita. What is this all about? And also in the Bhagavatam, these topics have been discussed. Also in Ishopanishad, this is discussed. So we will try to go through all those references to have an understanding of this art of work. <clears throat> Alright, so in the third chapter, ninth verse, or let's go to second chapter, 47th verse. You see? Karmanyevadhikaraste maphaleshu kadachana ma karma phalaheturbhur mate sangostva karmani. Krishna is saying, You have a right to perform your prescribed duty, but you are not entitled to the fruits of action. Never consider yourself the cause of the results of your activities and never be attached to not doing your duty. This is very puzzling for many people. How to do like this? We can do, we are supposed to do our work, but we are not entitled to the fruits of action. And we cannot consider the consider ourselves the cause of the results of the activities. And at the same time, we should not be attached to not doing your duty. That means we have to still do our duty. So how is this even possible? So this is to be understood. Um, <clears throat> If you take Krishna out of the equation, there is no way we can do it actually. <laughs> Therefore, this is a puzzle for them because they don't have Krishna in their understanding. Because they remove, try to remove Krishna from the equation, they never come to a, a positive conclusion about anything. So that is clarified in the third chapter, ninth verse. Yajnyarthat karmanonyatra lokoyam karmabandhanaha 
तदर्थम कर्म कौंतेय मुक्त संगह समाचर वर्क डन एज अ सैक्रिफाइस फॉर विष्णु हैज टू बी परफॉर्म्ड अदरवाइज वर्क कॉजेज बॉन्डेज इन दिस मेटीरियल वर्ल्ड देर फॉर ओ सन ऑफ कुंती परफॉर्म योर प्रिस्क्राइब ड्यूटीज फॉर हिज सैटिस्फैक्शन एंड इन दैट वे यू विल ऑलवेज रिमेन फ्री फ्रॉम बॉन्डेज सो दिस इज वेर इट कम्स द सोल्यूशन the shri prabhupada gave the example of a cashier in a big establishment now the cashier is counting money and you know the cashier he or she is counting so much money but she is not the cause of that money the owner is because of his business plan and because of his execution he is the owner and so she is working but she is not the cause of that work because the money that was that actually came is not because of the cashier so she is not the cause of the work and although she is counting maybe thousands of and millions of dollars maybe but none of that belongs to her right so this is this and she is not the owner like if you see the before this verse 247 <clears throat> she has a right to pre- perform the prescribed duty but you are not entitled to the fruits of action none of the money she can take the the fruits of action now she has counted okay this much now what about that what to do with that no that's not her business that the owner will decide so the owner will decide what to do with that money similarly everything that we uh, as a devotee does he understands that krishna is the owner i am not so that's how we should live and not entitled to the fruits of action never consider yourself the cause of the results of the activities and never be attached to not doing your duty the cashier has to still do his duty he has to still count but at the same time the money is not his he did not cause the money to come uh, and he cannot take any of that money you see that so in this way uh, we have to be working for krishna so if that owner see if if now try to understand that the cashier if the owner is not if she doesn't understand that there is an owner for all this money and she tries to put some in her pocket then she will be criminally liable she will be charged for theft so we cannot really uh, do activity in this way unless we accept the supremacy of the supreme lord if suppose there is no owner for the company and if she is just counting on whose order is she counting and whose is it everything becomes very puzzling but if the owner is known okay now everything is clear it's like that so this art of work cannot be done without accepting the supremacy of krishna and therefore it is said yagya arthat karmano anyatra hmm? yagya arthat 39 work done as a sacrifice for vishnu has to be performed otherwise work causes bondage <clears throat> now what is a sacrifice sacrifice is to sacrifice the tendency of sense gratification this uh, to sacrifice the intention of enjoying the results of one's activities that is the sacrifice one has to do we should understand that how much however hard we may try to work we are never entitled to the fruits of action never 
Yeah. Only Krishna. Therefore, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, in the fifth chapter, what is that? In the last cha- last verse, Bhoktaram yajna tapasam sarva loka maheshwaram suhridam sarva bhutanam gyatvamam shantim richhati. A person in full consciousness of me, knowing me to be the ultimate beneficiary of all sacrifices and austerities, the Supreme Lord of all planets and demigods, and the benefactor and well-wisher of all living entities, attains peace from the pangs of material miseries. Three things to do if we want peace. What is that? Bhoktaram Yajnadapasam Krishna is the enjoyer of all the activities, all our sacrifices. There are different kinds of sacrifices. Um, but the sacrifice basically means the sacrifice sacrifice of sense gratification. In all its different uh, flavors of meaning, it only means one thing actually. Central point is the sacrifice of the propensity for sense gratification. That karma, that has to be given up. So, bhoktaram yajnatapasam. So, he is the enjoyer of all sacrifices and austerities. Sarvaloka Maheshwaram, he is the owner of everything and Suhridam Sarvabhutanam, he is the real friend of everyone. So we should not undertake so-called friendly projects to help mankind in the form of some charitable institution to, produce, uh, to, to provide education or this and that without reference to Krishna's instructions because he is the real friend. If we want to be the friend of people, then we have to execute Krishna's plan, how he wants to help. So we have to help that same way. So Krishna says, Yada yada dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata abhyuttanam adharmasya tadatmanam srijamyaham. And then he says, Paritranaya sadhunam virashaya shuddhushkritam dharma samsthapanarthaya sambhavami yuge yuge. So to establish the principles of religion is his mission. And that's how he helps us by saving the devotees, annihilating the miscreants and re-establishing the principles of religion for everybody to follow and that's how we can have, uh, we can be helped. And if we take up those principles of devotion that he has established, then that will be our good fortune. So uh, if a person wants to help other people, he has to take up that cause of the Lord. How the Lord helps? We cannot invent our own ways of helping. That will be defective. <clears throat> so, everything we have to ha- act as an agent of the Lord, as you know, Bhoktaram Yagyatapasam. If He is the enjoyer of everything, then we have to preach that, that He has to be the enjoyer. And we have to show by practical example how Krishna is the enjoyer. Like in this temple, you know, we handle thousands and thousands of dollars, but everything Krishna is the proprietor. We don't have a salary. So, like that, there is. Um, <clears throat> what is that? Uh, lack of sense of proprietorship for the individuals working in the temple. But Krishna is the proprietor of everything. That's how uh, the, the Brahmin class have to show. And Sarvaloka Maheshwaram, he is the owner of everything. Instead of fighting like now India, China, they are fighting. Oh, it's your land, our, our, our land. You know, where is the actual line of control? But actually... There is no lines. Everything is belonging to Krishna. Neither to India, nor to China, nor to Pakistan, nor to America or anything like that. None of them are owners. Krishna is the owner. <clears throat> so, these misconceptions are formed and then there are big wars 
based on them so in this way the whole world is moving in a very chaotic condition uh, third suhridam sarvabhutanam so to conclude the second one sarvaloka maheshwaram we have to understand that krishna is the owner of everything and everyone whatever land he is allotted he can use that don't encroach upon others land because whatever given by krishna just be contented contented with that and you know make the population god conscious but that is a completely out of the question nowadays uh, simply fighting only next suhridam sarvabhutana means he is the friend so every so called charitable or benevolent activity that is undertaken should be undertaken according to the intentions of krishna we have to execute the intentions of krishna in that way we are really helping the people and we also are making no reaction for ourselves because we are acting on behalf of krishna just like that cashier so now <clears throat> so this is the understanding then there can be peace and this is same thing is uh, explained also in the ishopanishad we have learnt in the ishopanishad series that we have done in the first verse itself first and second verses and third verse ईशावाश्यम ईशावाश्यम इदम सर्वम यत्किञ्च जगत्याम जगत् तेन त्यक्तेन भुञ्जीथा माग्रधः कस्यस्विद्धनम एवरीथिंग एनिमेट एंड इनएनिमेट दैट इज विदिन द यूनिवर्स इज कंट्रोल्ड एंड ओन्ड बाय द लॉर्ड वन शुड देयरफॉर एक्सेप्ट ओनली दोस थिंग्स नेसेसरी फॉर हिमसेल्फ व्हिच आर सेट असाइड एज हिज क्वार्टर एंड शुड नॉट एक्सेप्ट अदर थिंग्स नोइंग वेल टू होम दे बिलोंग सो टू होम दे बिलोंग दे बिलोंग टू द सुप्रीम लॉर्ड सो वी have to acknowledge the ownership of the lord and take accept only those things necessary for himself hmm. and one should not accept other things knowing well to whom they belong you see this now second verse kurvan neveh karmani jije vishechatam samah evan tvai nanya thetosti na karma lipyate na re one may aspire to live for hundreds of years if he continuously goes on working in that way for that sort of work will not bind him to the law of karma see now here is akarma this is akarma that means we have to accept the supremacy of the lord and work just for our necessities and then that's it rest all endeavors should be for satisfying the lord and that sort of work will not bind him to the law of karma there is no alternative to this way for man and to maintain our body we may have to work a little bit and then you know that is necessary especially for grihasthas now shri prabhupada gives the example um of a maybe a, a spare uh, not a spare part a part of a machine for the part to work properly in cooperation with the machine the part has to be oiled and you know uh, properly maintained so that oiling and maintenance is the maintenance of this body so we have to work just as the part works in cooperation with the whole machine we have to work in cooperation with the lord and to do so this body that is given to us is an instrument it's a part of the big machine of the lord so this has to be oiled and maintained that is what it means to accept only those things that are necessary for our maintenance because the the part has to be in in order so that the the um, the machine can work properly so similarly our of course krishna can always work without any of us but the thing is 
for us machine you know there is in all dead matter but we are not just machines we have more we have consciousness so for us krishna is infinite he doesn't need any of our help but when we cooperate with his enjoyment then we can also be uh, we can also enjoy with krishna so the idea of enjoyment is not never negated the desire to enjoy is not wrong but the desire to enjoy separately from krishna that is wrong that's why here it is said in this ishopanishad verse one may aspire to live for hundreds of years if he co- if he continuously goes on working in that way in what way understanding krishna as a supreme for that sort of work will not bind him to the law of karma there is no alternative to this way for man and what happen what happens to those who don't work in this way next verse asuriya namate loka andhena tamasavritah tamste pretya bhigachanti yeke chatmahano janah the killer of the soul whoever he may be must enter into the planets known as the worlds of the faithless full of darkness and ignorance so for those who don't work in that way for those who work inimically sinfully those people those souls they have to go to hellish worlds they have to suffer hellish punishments uh, killer of the soul this is called killing of the soul is suicide of course the soul cannot be killed but the we will be for a long time we will be away from the opportunity to serve god because in human life we have the chance to serve him and if we throw this opportunity away um by not engaging in devotional service and more so even worse committing sinful activities oh then what chance do we have you see so therefore we have to act properly we have to act properly and that's that is exactly what is stated in the 16th chapter oh actually before even we go to the 16th chapter okay we'll go to the 16th and we'll come back to the fourth because in the fourth chapter there's more elaboration on, on this yah shastra vidhim utsrijya vartate kamakartah nasa siddhim avapnoti na sukham na paramgatim he who discards scriptural injunctions and acts according to his own whims attains neither perfection nor happiness nor the supreme destination so this is what happens if we give a, this is vikarma nothing in no sphere we will have any success you may say prabhu but they are very successful you know sometimes you know the sinful people that is not success they are just enjoying the success that they of the pious activities that they did previously but those who are committing sinful activities they never they don't have happiness success means you, you must be happy not just these external acquisitions that's not that's not success success means whether one is happy na sa siddhim avapnoti na sukham na paramgatam so he is not happy he is, does not get the uh, desired supreme destination and he gets neither perfection in his this life also now the others who actually follow the vedic injunctions 1624 तस्मा शास्त्र प्रमाण ते कार्य अकार्य व्यवस्थित ज्ञावा शास्त्र विधानोक्त कर्म कर्म इहारहसी वन शुड डे फोर अंडरस्टैंड वॉट इज ड्यूटी एंड वॉट इज नॉट ड्यूटी बाय द रेगुलेशन ऑफ द स्क्रिप्चर्स नोइंग सच रूल्स एंड रेगुलेशन वन शुड एक्ट सो दैट ही मे ग्रेजुअली बी एलिवेटेड वॉट इज ड्यूटी एंड वॉट इज नॉट ड्यूटी बोथ वी मस्ट अंडरस्टैंड नॉट दैट वी शुड अंडरस्टैंड ओनली वॉट इज ड्यूटी 
we should also understand what is wrong what we should not do but from where we should learn we should learn from krishna what is correct and what is wrong and then we should apply ourselves to the right action to the right action means it should not produce any reaction in this material world and that is akarma now this akarma we will we'll try to understand more <clears throat> you see this is 421 this is very much uh, related to the ishopanishad nirashirya tachittatma tyakta sarva parigraha shariram kevalam karma kurvannapnoti kelbisham shariram kevalam karma kurvannapnoti kelbisham such a man of understanding acts with mind and intelligence perfectly controlled gives up all sense of proprietorship over his possessions and acts only for the bare necessities of life thus working he is not affected by sinful action sinful reactions so if we work just for our bare necessities of life we are not implicated in sinful reactions now as we know there is always some kind of a fault in every work the only way we can purify the work of such fault is by offering the results to krishna whatever work that may be even if it's apparently sinful but especially for devotees for devotees they should um work in such a way that it is not directly implicated in sin of course every work is somehow or other connected to some sinful activity in this material world especially so in kali yuga but a devotee as shri prabhupad said satovritte satovritte means to follow in the footsteps of predecessor acharyas but also another means another meaning is that satovritte means he should accept a means of livelihood which is in the mode of goodness as much as possible hmm. like for example if a devotee has to work as a delivery man for mcdonalds and he's just earning for his bare necessities of life so is he uh being implicated in karma of course yes so therefore a devotee although he is working for bare necessities of life he should still work in a in a in a work that is not directly connected with sinful activities as much as possible he should stay away from this kind of direct connection with sinful activities so that is there shariram kevalam karma this is important in keeping the body and soul together kevalam means only shariram kevalam karma only for maintaining the body in its proper order not more than that and that is also explained in shrimad bhagavatam what is that 1.2.10 कामसेनेीतिर्लाभो जीवे तवता जीव से तत्वजिज्ञाथोयश्चेहकर्म लाइफ डिजायर्स शुड नेवर बी डायरेक्टेड टूवर्ड्स सेंस ग्रैटिफिकेशन वन शुड डिजायर ओनली अ हेल्दी लाइफ और सेल्फ प्रिजर्वेशन सिंस अूमन बीइंग इज मैंड फॉर इंक्वायरी अबाउट द एब्सोल्यूट ट्रूथ नथिंग एल्स शुड बी द गोल ऑफ वन वर्क सो दिस इज हाउ वी शुड वर्क 
We should work always in devotional service and in the material sphere, we should only work for the maintenance of the body. So that the body can be used in devotional service again. So that's the only um, way we should work. Now, let's try to understand even more. This 11.343 is a very interesting verse and the purport also. There are some, um, what is that? Acharya's explanation there. Sri Avirhotra Uvacha Karma Karma Vikarmeti Vedavadona Laukikaha Vedasacheshvaratmatvat Tatramuhyanti Surayaha Sri Avirhotra replied, Prescribed duties, non-performance of such duties and forbidden activities are topics one can properly understand through authorized study of Vedic literature. This difficult subject matter can never be understood by mundane speculation. The authorized Vedic literature is the sound incarnation of the personality of Godhead himself. See, authorized Vedic literature is the sound incarnation of the personality of Godhead himself and thus Vedic knowledge is perfect because Krishna is perfect and his sound incarnation is also perfect. Every incarnation of his is perfect. Even the greatest learned scholars are bewildered in their attempts to understand the signs of action if they neglect the authority of Vedic knowledge. This is very important. Like for example, let's take veganism. Veganism their intention is good. They don't want to commit um, any, um, what is that, um, suffering. They don't want to any, commit any uh, violence towards animals. Although that's a good intention, but because they don't take support from Vedic references, they come to a faulty conclusion that cow milk is not meant for humans. This is not correct. <clears throat> Krishna showed See, our thing is not to understand by logic. They put logic. They in, uh, try to explain by logic that, you see, every species drinks its own mother's milk. Now, why we should drink another species' milk? That's their understanding. Yes, although every species may do that, but for humans, it's different. And the cows, if they're properly taken care of with love and affection, they will produce far more milk than, you know, the, the, the slaughterhouse production they're kind of trying to do. So the whole point is, milk, cow's milk is good for human brain substance. To understand spiritual matter, we have to also take milk. That is important. Of course, not too much, just a little bit. Like Shukadeva Goswami, he used to go from house to house. And in, in one day, he will only drink as much milk as can be fit in the palm of his hands. And that's it. He will drink that and that's it. That's for the whole day, his sustenance. So the milk is a, you know, is a food which has all nutrients all nutrients inside the milk so it's a miracle food in fact <clears throat> and also apart from this it develops finer tissues in the brain so Prabhupada explained this uh, and that will help us in understanding Krishna consciousness and Krishna also um, uh, set the example how he ate milk I mean drank milk and uh, ate butter ate yogurt you know he, he, he showed by example so any right and wrong you see that's why it is said even the greatest learned scholars are bewildered in their attempts to understand the science of action if they neglect the authority of Vedic knowledge. Mm. 
these people they don't um, refer to Vedic knowledge they just have their own ideas but it is full of uh, sin also because they are eating plants and plants also have life and they are killing them so there is also sin life is a life whether it's a plant or animals they say oh plants don't have a central nervous system like the animals do it's 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 completely bogus you think nervous system is only when you you see nerves like what we have every this is a very defective idea everybody has feelings even a tree has feelings tree also cries uh, so everybody has feelings and some for some vegetables you have to uproot vegetables like carrots or potatoes or even harvesting you know the crops have to be cut so there is violence involved how can we just by adopting one kind of activities we cannot come out we cannot become naishkarmya or devoid of sin by material adjustment like this it can only be done with scriptural understanding and following such rules only on the authority of krishna if we work then only we can come out of uh, this cycle of bondage of work and that is called naishkarmya naishkarmya or akarmya akarma so you see this is very nicely explained here um you see vedasya ishwaratmatvat vedasya ishwaratmatvat vedas are coming from the personality of god himself therefore they are non different from him vedo narayana sakshat right now in the shrimad bhagavatam here there is a reference in the purport hmm? <clears throat> so what is prescribed duty so prescribed duties authorized by revealed scripture are called karma whereas failure to act, execute one's highest duty is called akarma hmm? well <laughs> the highest duty is actually also akarma here i don't know why they are translated like this anyway the f- performance of forbidden activities is called vikarma thus karma akarma and vikarma are established by authorized explanations of vedic literature they cannot be ascertained merely through mundane exercises and logic In the Shrimad Bhagavatam 6.16.51, the Lord says, "Shabda Brahma Param Brahma Mamobhe Shashvati Tanu." I am the form of the transcendental vibrations of Vedas such as Omkara and Hare Krishna Hare Rama, and I am the supreme absolute truth. These two forms of mind, namely the transcendental Vedic sound and the eternally blissful spiritual form of the deity, are my eternal forms. They are not material. It's a very important verse, actually. Let's go there because there also is an explanation. Okay, before we go there, we will see some other um, references here in the purport. You see, six one forty, Vedo Narayana Sakshat Swayam Swayam Bhuriti Shushruma. The Vedas are directly the supreme personality of Godhead Narayana and are self-born. This we have heard from Yamaraj, six one forty. In the Purusha Sukta, Rig Veda Mandala ten, Sukta ninety, Mantra nine. It is stated, Tasmad. तस्मात फ्रॉम्स That means the words describing Krishna is also Krishna. It's 
came from him. So they are non different from him. This is in the Purusha Sukta. All the mantras of the Vedas come from the Lord. And in the Bhagavad Gita also he says, Pranavasarva Vedeshu. Why we are why we are you know talking about this? Why the Vedas we are talking about Vedas now? We are talk, supposed to talk about karma and akarma. Yes. So how can we understand what is karma, karma, vikarma? Only through the statements of the Vedas. Otherwise, we cannot understand. That's the whole point here. So therefore, we have to understand what is in the Vedas. What is karma? What is a karma? What is vikarma? Now, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur makes a very interesting point. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur has pointed out that in the material world, which is controlled by the illusory energy of the Lord, a particular sound vibration is discarded after describing its object. But on the spiritual platform called Vaikuntha, nothing is ever lost. And thus, Shabda Brahma or the personality of Godhead in his form as transcendental sound is eternal. Very important. Why? Why this is a, everything else is a material vibration whereas Hare Krishna Mantra is a spiritual vibration? Usually every vibration as Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur points out, a particular sound vibration is discarded after describing its object. But on the spiritual platform called Vaikuntha, nothing is ever lost. Like for example, um, the Mayavadis, they take to deity worship in a very different way than the personalists do. The personalists, the devotees, they take to deity worship with the understanding that the deity is non-different from the Lord. There is no difference. Whereas they think the deity or even Guru for us is Chakshudan Diloje Janme Janme Prabhushe. He is our eternal master, a guru. But the impersonalists, they think that guru or deities, they are like means to the end. The end is the you know merging of the consciousness with the Supreme Brahman. And these deity worship and chanting of mantras or acceptance of spiritual master is only means to the end. But once you reach the end, then you can discard the means. You don't need to chant any more mantra. Don't need to worship any, any more worship any more deities. You don't have to have any more guru. You can discard your guru. Everything. They give the example of an envelope. An envelope encloses a letter inside. So uh, uh, the, the 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 letter is enclosed by the envelope. For the letter to reach the destination, the envelope is needed. But once it reaches the destination the envelope which most which was the most important thing for it to get there is discarded and the message inside becomes more important whereas for the postman for the postal system whatever is inside is not very important for them no the envelope is important no matter what is in, of course they are asked sometimes what is inside just for the customs duty and all that <laughs> but otherwise if we can just say mm, it's a letter say Okay, what is inside the letter? That they won't ask. The postal system won't ask that. They only want to see the correct address there. If the address is correct, alright, that's good. It will go there. Even if there's nothing inside, it will go. <laughs> but then, once it goes there, it doesn't matter what is written on the envelope, what is, how much is the postage, doesn't matter. Now, the envelope must be discarded and the actual letter becomes more important. So that's the example they give. That these are all like envelope. These deity worship, chanting of mantras, doing austerities and all these things and acceptance of Guru. 
these external symbols are like envelopes to get us there that there liberation where they don't know that's the problem so once it reaches there then you don't require then the internal whatever is the the you know the substance inside the the impersonal brahman inside uh, that becomes more prominent so in this way they tell their philosophy but ours is not like that sarvam khalvidam brahma that means everything is the absolute truth vasudeva sarvamiti but at the same time we don't make the mistake that we worship now start worshiping one table as a absolute truth and everything a tiger as an absolute truth no absolute truth is everywhere everything so only thing is that the brahma jyoti brahma means sarvam khalvidam brahma brahma means spiritual spirit so the absolute truth covered by material nature is what we see as matter the absolute truth covered by uh, what is that verse in the brahma samhita um yasya prabha prabhavato jagadanda koti koti shvasesha vasudhadi vibhuti bhinnam tad brahma nishkalam anantam ashesha bhutam govindamadi purusham tamaham bhajami so yasya prabha prabhavato jagadanda koti koti shvase see jagadanda koti koti shvasesha vasudhadi vibhuti bhinnam on the brahma jyoti are resting millions and millions upon millions of innumerable planets and vibhuti bhinnam each planet is different in its constitution and atmosphere everything is being maintained by the brahma jyoti now where is the brahma jyoti where is the jyoti where is the light and that when it is covered by maya that appears as matter here so when that matter is again used in the service of krishna that covering of maya is removed and the same so called matter is spiritualized for example like book we have many times told the the book is make, made of paper so paper is you know material object but when that paper is used to print bhagavad gita for example bhagavad gita as it is again not bhagavad gita some you know not in the parampara system that is useless but as it is then that paper is spiritualized it's no more material because matter does not move spirit spirit moves matter and spirit moves spirit also like krishna is moving us you know in different ways so spirit is the source of motion or inspiration so how can a material book inspire us spiritually how can it make us more spiritual I probably always said life comes from life life doesn't come from matter and real life means to be krishna conscious pran achejar she hetu prachar those who have life they can preach so otherwise without krishna consciousness bhagavad bhakti hinasya jati shastram japas tapah apranasya iva hidehasya mandanam lokaranjanam there are decorations on a dead body everything that we do in this world that is devoid of bhagavad bhakti hinasya that is a decoration on a dead body real life means krishna consciousness so krishna consciousness is real life so how can a material paper inspire real life of krishna consciousness in our hearts it's impossible matter cannot move the spirit that means the, book, the paper is no more material that book is no more material it's spiritual it's spiritualized 
because it is used in the service of Brahmarpanam Brahmahavir Brahmagno Brahmanahutam Brahmaivate Nagantavyam uh, Gahana, what is that? I forget the last word. Let's go, 424 of Bhagavad Gita. <clears throat> Brahma Karma Samadhina. So, you see, a person who is fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness is sure to attain the spiritual kingdom because of his full contribution to spiritual activities in which the consummation is absolute and that which is offered is of the same spiritual nature. So, everything is spiritualized. So, in this way, we have to understand that Brahma or spiritual spiritual nature can be experienced even in this world if everything is used in Krishna's service. And in that way, in that fire of Krishna consciousness, all the reactions to activities are burnt. So, there are no more considered material activities. For that, we have to follow Shabda Brahma. That is explained. You see, that's why Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswatakur very nicely is saying, that these are all, you see, um, a particular sound vibration, vibration is discarded after describing its object. That's the Mayavadi say, right? Um, because they consider the deity is material. See, a particular sound vibration is discarded after describing its object. So, the mantras that we chant, they think it is material because after liberation, there is no more need of chanting mantras, no more need of doing any sacrifice, no more need of reading Bhagavad Gita, no more need of... Um, uh, worshipping the deities they think these are all material that's why they think that's why maya vadi they think everything is maya they say sarvam khalvidam brahma but everything is maya for them that's why they're called maya vadi the whole philosophy is completely bogus topsy turvy it doesn't it doesn't it's not congruent it's not it's, it's not consistent every time it's just changing every time because it's not based on truth hmm. Now, the sound vibration, in the case of Hare Krishna Mahamantra, is not discarded one, once one becomes liberated. In fact, on the other hand, you see this? Um, Sri Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhalila, 23.18 and 19. On the contrary, you see what is, what is here? Kshantiravyartha Kalatvam Viraktirmana Shunyata Asha Bandhak Samutkantha Namagane Sadaruchihi And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also said Kirtaniya Sadaharihi Satatam Kirtayantomam Ananyas Chintayantomam What is this? The more one is liberated, the more one engages in devotional service, the more taste one has for devotional service, the more taste one has for chanting the holy name. Then, āsaktistad gunākhyāne prītistad vasatisthale ityadayonu bhāvāsyur jātabhāvāṅkurejanem When the seed of ecstatic emotion for Krishna fructifies, the following nine symptoms manifest in one's behaviour. Forgiveness, concern that time should not be wasted, detachment, absence of false prestige, hope, eagerness, a taste for chanting the holy name of the Lord. Attachment to descriptions of the transcendental qualities of the Lord. Affection for those places where the Lord resides. That is a temple or a play, holy place like Vrindavan. These are all called Anubhava, subordinate signs of ecstatic emotion. They are visible in a person in whose heart the, the seed of love of God has begun to fructify. So in fact, like they say, oh we have to stop everything after we reach perfection. Here, perfection means that you cannot stop. Nama gane sadha ruchihi. 
you can you just cannot stop and that's exemplified in this verse by rupa goswami Antya 1.99 You see how Rupa Goswami is explaining what has happened to him. Tunde Tandavani Ratim Vitanute Tundavali Labdhaye Karna Kroda Kadam Vini Ghatayate Karnarbudebhyas Praham Chetah Prangana Sangini Vijayate Sarvendriyanam kritim no jane janita ki adbhiram ritai Krishneti varnadvai. I do not know how much nectar the two syllables Krishna have produced. When the holy name of Krishna is chanted, it appears to dance within the mouth. We then desire many, many mouths. And this many, many is not just like 50, 60. Tundavali labdhaye. Tunda means a tongue. Millions. Avali means, you know, in, in, in millions, in, in countless. That numbers. Not like, not like many, many mouths means maybe 70, 80 mouths. No. Millions and millions. There's no count. Tundavali labdhaye. Uh, when that name enters the holes of the ears, we desire many millions of years. Karna Arbudebhya. Karna Arbuda. Arbuda means what? You know what's Arbuda? Let's take the number, you know. Arbuda. Um, you see. Dasha, ten hundreds, Shata, thousands, Sahasra, ten thousands, Ayuta, hundred thousands, Laksha. 10 times Laksha is Niyuta. Huh? 10 times Niyuta is Koti. 10 times Koti is Arbuda. That means Arbuda means 10 million. Sorry. Uh, Koti is 10 million. Arbuda means 100 million. Karnarbudebhya Spriham. Uh, he, you know, he is signifying in millions of numbers. That means, in other words, when the name of Krishna is chanted, one tongue, I, I don't feel it, one tongue is enough to chant his name. It is so tasty, when something is like really tasty, you know, have you ever, I don't know, I have never really experienced something as tasty as you would want, I, I, I hope I had five tongues to taste it, you know. <laughs> but here, you see the expression, that means you can see the excitement in the heart of Rupa Goswami, that he wants millions in this, this, this hundreds and hundreds of millions and trillions of tongues and ears. He says two ears are not enough for hearing the holy name. One tongue is not enough to chant the holy name. Just like the gopis are saying, this this uh, blinking of the eyes, what is this? What kind of creation is this? They, they started to abuse the creator. What no, nonsense creator, foolish fellow, doesn't know how to create. With four brains he created, you know, four heads Brahma he created. And then the, the gopis are saying he doesn't know how to create. A foolish creator. See, he created these eyes with this, you know, these eyelids, which are blocking our vision of Krishna for that moment, brief moment. And that is intolerable. So you see how they are so eager to see Krishna. Similarly, Rupa Goswami is eager to hear the holy name and chant the holy name. 
This is called Namagana Sadaruchi. Hmm. This is called spiritual sound Shabda Brahma, which is not finished when it reaches the destination or uh, when it reaches the desired or when the desired object is understood. If one understands Krishna, it is not that, okay, now I have come to Krishna, now I no need to chant. One of the Iskon Gurus apparently told that, that he is now liberated and he doesn't need to chant anymore. That means it's Mayavadi, Mayavadi philosophy. Here, how clearly it is said, uh, one reaches Krishna, he wants to chant even more, even more, even more. Anandam buddhi vardhanam pratipadam purnamrita swadhanam. It's not that after you reach and then whole ocean becomes dry. Huh? What is that? <laughs> So that is that is spiritual. Real Shabda Brahma means that spiritual. It is never exhausted. When that name enters the holes of the ears, we de- we desire many millions of years. And when the holy name dances in the courtyard of the heart, it conquers all the activities of the mind, and therefore all the senses become inert. This is from the Vidagda Madhava of Rupa Goswami. How nicely he is explaining. This is Shabda Brahma. Now therefore. We see that newspapers, which are all material sounds, material subjects. Yesterday's newspaper is tomorrow, today discarded. It is used for packing paper and any other use. But no more. The words in the newspaper don't make any more sense. And finish. That paper, yeah, it can be used for, you know, like a, what is that? Um, packing paper, you know, to make sure, you know, it's like a, so that the impact won't be very hard. You know, like that it can be used or it can be, you know, in India, everywhere, you know, that, Bhelpuri, you know, <laughs> Jhalmuri, Bhelpuri, they will, you know, pack in this, uh, you know, this cone of a paper and then they eat from that. That's all, finish. That is what we use for. But nobody does that with Bhagavad Gita. Why? Because how many hour times to you read, that many times you will understand more and more meanings, more and more depth. It is, that is called Shabda Brahma. It is never finished. It is never finished. You, we can never say, Prabhu, I have read Bhagavad Gita. I have finished my study of Bhagavad Gita. We can never say that. I have finished my study of Bhagavatam. We can never say that. Repeated readings will still uh, give more and more enthusiasm. It doesn't die off. This is called Shabda Brahma. So that is what Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur is talking about. A material sound vibration is discarded after describing its object. But spiritual sound will be repeated even more and even more and even more. Srila <clears throat> um, Madhvacharya has pointed out in this regard Ishwaratmatvad huh? Ishwaratmatvad Ishwara Vishayatvad Because the Vedas describe the unlimited personality of Godhead, Vedic knowledge cannot be approached by mundane methods of comprehension. Achintya Khaluye Bhava Natamstarkena Yojayet. So we have to just accept axiomatically the entire Vedic truth, just like Arjuna did. Sarvameta Dritam Manye. You know what's an axiomatic acceptance? You know what's an axiom? Axiom means it is truth, but there is no other proof for this, for it. But everybody knows it's true. For example, um, how to say? From uh, in mathematics, <laughs> we were taught this. Um, between two points. Only one line can be drawn. There cannot be more than one line that touches two points, two given points. If there are two points, only one line can be drawn through both the points. And if there is one point, 
there are infinite number of lines that, be, can, that can be drawn through that one point. This is what I mean, I learned from my secondary school, I'm telling. That's an axiomatic truth. It, it's a truth. Everybody knows it's truth. But how to prove it? I mean, you draw and that's the proof. I mean, there's no other way to prove it. It's, that is the proof. So similarly, man is mortal is a, is a truth. It is, there's no proof that, you know, if you want to prove that man is mortal, then you have to actually search every man, every single human being on earth, which is not possible. You have to go to every forest and search out all the tribals, every person. And once you are searching and searching, suppose you have finished this area and now you are going to the next area. Now here in this area again, some people are born, some people died. So, if you want to test every single human being to find out if any one of them is immortal, then this theory may be wrong. I have to make sure every single man is mortal. Go on searching all single, every single human being. But that's not possible. So we cannot prove it that way. But it's just an axiomatic truth that man is mortal. Just accept it. That's it. No need to waste time. You know, because it's just the truth. There may be, I mean, without proper understanding, just with our own senses, if we see. Yes, all the people around us, yes, are dying. Maybe they will die. But maybe there is a possibility of a person who does not die. If I have this thought, then I will go on searching and searching and searching. I can, the only way I can prove that maybe there is a person who will not die is that I have to just touch every single human being. I have to just, go, and even if I go to him, what am I, how am I going to prove it that he will, is not going to die? So, it's a futile attempt, basically. Best, best thing, the best way to do it is axiomatically accept it, man is mortal. That's it. Because Shastra says, Jatasya hi dhruvo mrityur. Dhruvam janma mrityasya cha. The other axiomatic truth is, those who have died will take birth again. That part we don't even know. So, even this we don't know. Yeah, we have been seeing everybody dying and everybody dying. So that's why we tend to accept, okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's true. But we don't have a proof. Now the persons who are living, maybe there is a chance that they won't die. And that's actually the way the scientists are trying to prolong life and trying to be immortal. Some stem cell research here and there. And they're trying to do something to, you know, make this life immortal. I mean, Hiranyakashipu also tried his best. These, these scientists are nowhere compared to him. He did in a much better way. Still, he failed. So... It's a waste of time, such such attempts. So, axiomatically act, accepting whatever Krishna says, Sarvameta Dhritamanyam, and acting on it, that constitutes akarma. And that's what we need to do as humans. Now, let's go to this. Here, there is a verse that was quoted, 6.16.51. Let's go to this verse. It's a very interesting verse. Lord Anantadev was speaking to Chitraketu. Aham vai sarva bhutani bhutatma bhutabhavanaha shabda brahma param brahma mamo bheshashvati tanu. All living entities, moving and non-moving, are my expansions 
and are separate from me. I am the super soul of all living beings who exist because I manifest them. I am the form of the transcendental vibrations like Omkara and Hare Krishna, Hare Rama. And I am the supreme absolute truth. Shabda Brahma is translated here as Omkara and Hare Krishna, Hare Rama. The Hare Krishna Mahamantra basically. So he's saying, I am the form. In fact, you see, two bodies. What is that? Mama Ubhe. Ubhe means both. Namely, the form of sound and the form of spiritual identity. Shashwati Tanu. Two bodies. I have two bodies. You see, I am the form of the transcendental vibrations like Omkara and Hare Krishna, Hare Rama. And I am the supreme absolute truth. These two forms of mind namely the transcendental sound and the eternally blissful spiritual form of the deity are my eternal forms they are not material you see mama mamo bhe shashwati tanu tanu means what everybody knows tanu means body tanu means bodies so these two bodies mama ubhe ubhe means two both ubhayor senayor ubhayor madhye that means in between the two armies please Take my chariot. Ratham sthapaya mechuta. So Arjuna asked. Senayor ubhayor madhya. And in 2.16 also, what is that? Ubhayostu. Um, Ubhayostu. What is that? Nasato vidyate bhava. Nabhavo vidyate sataha. Ubhayostu. Ah, I forgot. This they have concluded by studying the nature of both. This Ubhayor. So Ubhayor means always both, two. So Senayor Ubhayor means, Sena means armies. Ubhayor means both the armies. So in this way, Ubhay, Mama Ubhay, Shashwati Tanu. Two bodies. So that means the name of Kalikale Namrupe Krishna Avatar that we know from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. But here also 6.16.51 says Shabda Brahma Param Brahma Mamobhe Shashwati Tanu. His eternal form and the form of sound are his eternal bodies. That means the sound is also eternal. It is not a material vibration. Material vibration, anything material has a beginning and an end. Like Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, it has an end. Material vibration has an end when it describes its object and finished. But spiritual vibration does not have an end. Eternal. Shashwati Tanu. So the spiritual sound and the spiritual body of the Lord is Shashwati. means eternal. Now, we will read the purport of this also. <clears throat> why, we are, why we are into this now? Sound and we are supposed to learn about action, right? Karma Brahmodbhavam Vidhi. Okay, let's go back there and so that we always are connected to the actual topic of this class. Because we are not straying away, it is very much connected. You see, Karma Brahmodbhavam Vidhi. Regulated activities are prescribed in the Vedas. And Vedas are directly manifested from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Brahmakshara Samudbhavam. Tasmaad Sarvagatam Brahman Nityam Yagne Pratishtitam. Regulated activities are prescribed in the Vedas and the Vedas are directly manifested from the Supreme Personality of Godhead which is in the Bhagavatam Veda Narayana Sakshat 6.140 Consequently, the all-pervading transcendence is eternally situated in the acts of sacrifice. 
See, therefore, we have to understand what the Vedas are and why they are so authoritative and why we should act on their principles, the Vedic principles, so that our actions are pure. Tasma chastram pramanam te karya akarya vyavasthito, right? 1624. That's why we are looking at the authority of the Vedas. Why? We have to base our actions on the Vedas and nothing else, therefore. You see, 16.24, we have seen this, but we'll see again. One should therefore understand what is duty and what is not duty by the regulations of the scriptures. And why scriptures? That's why we are looking at the scriptures, Shabda Brahma. Knowing such rules and regulations, one should act so that he may gradually be elevated. That's the whole point. So, let's, with that understanding, let's go back to this verse here. The purport. So, he says, I am the form of the sound and the my form and also my form in, in the form of deity. The science of devotional service has been instructed by Narada and Angira to Chitraketu. Now, because of Chitraketu's devotional service, he has seen the Supreme Personality of Godhead. By performing devotional service, one advances step by step. <clears throat> and when one is on the platform of love of Godhead, Prema Pumar Thomahan, he sees the Supreme Lord at every moment. Premanjana Churita Bhakti Vilochanena. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, when one engages in devotional service 24 hours a day, Tesham Satata Yuktanam Bhajatam Preeti Purvakam, in accordance with the instructions of the spiritual master, his devotional service becomes more and more pleasing. <laughs> you see, in the beginning, the devotional service is not pleasing because there are so many rules, you know, oh, I have to give up my meat, ah, I cannot drink coffee, I cannot drink tea cannot intoxicate, cannot associate with women, illicit sex and gambling. Oh, I have to chant 16 hours, I have to wake up early in the morning, I have to take bath. So in the beginning, yatta dagre vishamiva pariname amritopamam tat sukham sattvikam proktam atma buddhi prasadajam. This is happiness in the mode of goodness. In the, in the initial stage, it will be a little, you know, yatta dagre vishamiva. It will be like poison in the beginning. Ah, I have to do all these things. <laughs> but once we start doing it, Pariname Amritopamam. In the in the end, it is like nectar. Hmm. Yeah, uh, what is that? Tat sukham sattvikam proktam atma buddhi prasadajam. I mean, I'm not speculating, you know. Let's go back. Bhagavad Gita, 18th chapter. Uh, I think 37 maybe. Let's see. Yeah. 1837. That which in the beginning may be just like poison, but at the end is just like nectar, and which awakens one to self-realization is said to be happiness in the mode of goodness. Same thing is explained again where? By Rupa Goswami. Nectar of instruction. Verse number... Syat Krishna Namacharita di Sitapya Vidya Pitto Pataptarasanasyana Rochikanu Kintva Daradanudinam Kalusaiva Jushta Swadvi Kramad Bhavatita Gadamula Hantri. The holy name, character, pastimes and activities of Krishna are all transcendently sweet like sugar candy. Although the tongue of one afflicted by the jaundice of avidya, ignorance, cannot taste anything sweet, 
it is wonderful that simply by carefully chanting these sweet names every day, a natural relish awakens within his tongue and his disease is gradually destroyed at the root. A very good example is given here. Jaundice. Jaundice, the best uh, uh, cure for jaundice is sugar candy. Prabhupada explained, because Prabhupada was a, into pharmaceutical, you know, that was his business when he was a young you know, householder. And he was a chemist, he knew. So, he explained how the sugar candy is a medicine. So, the way it is done is, the sugar, rock sugar, is kept in water, submerged in a cup of water, and left overnight. So, in the night, it is kept like that, and in the morning, one drinks that sweetened water. So, the sweet from the sugar, you know, you know, diffuses into the water, and that water one has to drink in the morning. So, when one has jaundice, that is what he has to do, according to Ayurveda. Now, the problem is, when one has actually jaundice, when he tastes that, he doesn't taste it as sweet. He tastes it as bitter. But, the only way he can be cured is by simply taking it every day, like that. And then, by the fourth day, fifth day, he will start to taste it as sweet. That means, he, is, he has already come out from his jaundice. So, in the beginning, we may not. You know, we can, yesterday, agre vishameva. In the beginning, it was like poison, you know, bitter. Who wants to taste it? Nobody. But, when he keeps on taking it, then he can actually taste the sweetness of it. And when it's so sweet, that, you know, sugar, um, this, uh, what is that? Rupa Goswami is saying, you know, I want millions of tongues. The sweetness is too much. One tongue is not enough to taste that sweetness. I want millions of tongues and millions of years. That is how sweet it is. Um, but in the beginning, because of our diseased condition, the problem is not with the process. Oh, yes, the, oh in the beginning it will be like um, poison. Huh? No, the process is always nectar. But it appears poison to us. It's our perception, our faulty perception because of our diseased condition. Is the person who has jaundice who has the problem. There's no problem with the sugar candy at all. It is the same taste all the while. But he tastes it differently according to his condition. So Krishna consciousness is the same. Uh, it's always sweet, but it sometimes tastes, especially in the beginning, it becomes, uh, it, it is it's a little bit, you know, uh, bitter. But once one takes it, it becomes sweet. So here it is said, as stated in Bhagavad Gita, when one engages in devotional service 24 hours a day, Tesham Satata Yuktanam, Bhajatam Priti Purvakam, in accordance with the instructions of the spiritual master, his devotional service becomes more and more pleasing. Then the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is within the core of everyone's heart, speaks to the devotee. Tadame buddhi yogam tam See, he speaks. Of course, in the beginning, it's like he gives us realizations, you know, in that way he speaks. Very, but a, a pure devotee, the Lord directly speaks. Like Prabhupada said, the books, they are not my books. Krishna dictated and I wrote. It's not my books. So that's how a um, devotee, pure devotee interacts with Krishna. He is just with Krishna all the time. He is never away from Krishna. So he speaks to the devotee. Chitraketu Maharaj was first instructed by his gurus Angira and Narada and now having followed their instructions, he has come to the stage of seeing the Supreme Lord face to face. Therefore, the Lord is now instructing him in the essence of knowledge. Just like he spoke to Arjuna also. 
dadami buddhi yogam tam i will give you the uh, buddhi i mean buddhi yoga the intelligence how to come to me that's what he he spoke the bhagavad gita therefore the lord is now instructing him in the essence of knowledge the essence of knowledge is that there are two kinds of vastu or substances one is real and the other being illusory or temporary is sometimes called non factual one must consider these two kinds of existence the real tatva or truth consists of brahman paramatma and bhagavan as stated in shrimad bhagavatam 1.2.11 vadantita tatva vidas tatvam yajnanam advayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti shabdyate learned transcendentalists who know the absolute truth call this non dual substance brahman paramatma and bhagavan the absolute truth exists eternally in three features therefore brahman paramatma and bhagavan combined are the substance the categories of emanations from the non substance are two activities and forbidden activities now karma and vikarma are both material activities karma is sanctioned activity sanctioned in the vedas for materialistic pious results and vikarma are uh, whimsical activities against the instructions of the scriptures both are material both are material though there are reactions for both one is good reaction one is bad reaction but both are reactions in this material world karma refers to the pious life or material activities performed during the day and the mental activities of dream at night this is called karma these are more or less desired activities whether in you know activities during the day or in the in the form of mental dreams activities at mental activities of dreams at night these are more or less desired activities vikarma however refers to illusory activities which are something like the will of the wisp will of the wisp means they don't really exist it's just a imagination like the example is given propad gives nicely these are activities that have no meaning <laughs> for example modern scientists imagine that life can be produced from chemical combinations and they are very busy trying to prove this in laboratories Uh, throughout the world although no one in history has been able to produce the substance of life from material combinations such activities are called vikarma <laughs> the meaningless actually they have no meaning but they think it's a big research you know we are doing something very scientific very technological very you know in this that nonsense they're doing simply wasting time is meaning meaningless activities like you know the child he thinks he's doing very meaningful things you know very very meaningful thing actually what he's doing is stupid if a, if an adult does what a child does they'll put him in the mental hospital <laughs> because yes child's body so he's oh it's very cute if an adult does the same thing do they say oh very cute do you know no they don't say that they won't say they put him in the mental hospital something wrong with this guy so same way a, a person a real person he i mean a, a intelligent man he should understand that these you know these material scientists they're trying to prove you know oh life can be produced from matter this is foolish theory this is called vikarma completely against all logic and completely against all scriptural direction that is vikarma <clears throat> all material activities are actually illusory and progress in illusion is simply a waste of time progress in illusion is simply a waste of time and actually today's world this progress is given so much um uh, what is that value so much value is is given to actually meaningless things Mm-hmm. see the progress of il- progress in illusion is simply a waste of time 
these illusory activities are called akarya that means things that should not be done karya akarya karya means duty akarya means forbidden activities things that should not be done and one must learn of them from the instructions of the supreme personality of godhead as stated in bhagavad gita karmano hyapi bodhavyam bodhavyam cha vikarmanah akarmanas cha bodhavyam gahana karmano gatih the intricacies of action are very hard to understand therefore one should know what one should know properly what action is what forbidden action is and what inaction is one must learn of these directly from the supreme personality of godhead who as ananta dev is instructing king chitraketu because of the advanced stage of devotional service he achieved by following the instructions of narada and angira now here and it is said aham vai sarvabhutani the lord is everything sarvabhutani including the living entities and the material or physical elements everything vasudeva sarvamiti same thing you saying aham vai sarvabhuta sarvabhutani as the lord says in bhagavad gita 7.4 and 5 bhumirapo na lovayur khammano buddhireva buddhireva cha ahankara iti yamme bhinna prakriti rashtadha apareyam mitastvanyam vidhime prakritim param jeeva bhutam mahabaho yayedam dharyate jagat earth water fire air ether mind intelligence and false ego all these together eight comprise my separated material energies besides this inferior nature or mighty arm arjuna there is a superior energy of mine which consists of the living entities who are struggling with material nature and are sustaining the universe the living entity tries to lord it over the material or physical elements but both physical elements and the spiritual spark we are energies emanating from the supreme personality of god therefore when he says aham vai sarvabhutani everything is me maya tatam idam sarvam jagadavyakta murtinah that is correct because everything is his energy so it's non different from him see therefore the lord says aham vai sarvabhutani i am everything just as heat and light emanate from fire these two energies the physical elements and the living entities emanate from the supreme lord therefore the lord says aham vai sarvabhutani i expand the physical and spiritual categories different energies physical category of energy spiritual category of energy spiritual category of energy is superior energy aparayam tu istasvanyam vidhime prakritim param para prakriti this is apara prakriti inferior energy bhinna prakriti this is separated energy material energy that is the physical energy again the lord as the super soul guides the living entities who are conditioned by the physical atmosphere hmm? therefore he is called bhut bhutatma bhuta bhavana that is the verse actually 616 this verse see aham vai sarvabhutani bhutatma bhuta bhavana shabda brahma param brahma mamobhe shashvati tanu very important instructions therefore he is called bhutatma bhuta bhavana he gives the living entity the intelligence with which to improve his position so that he may return home back to godhead or if he does not want to go back to godhead the lord gives him the intelligence with which to improve his material position um sarvasya chaham hridi sannivishto matta smritir gyanam apohanam cha vedasya sarvairahame vidya vedanta krit veda videva chaham so matta smritir gyanam apohanam cha from krishna is coming smriti remembrance gyanam knowledge and apohanam forgetfulness 
ah, that is explained actually here already. So the Lord gave him the intelligence with which to improve his material position. This is confirmed in the, by the Lord himself in Bhagavad Gita 15.15. We have already chanted that. I am seated in everyone's heart and from me come remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness. From within the Lord gives the living being the intelligence with which to work. Therefore, the previous verse said that after the Supreme Personality of Godhead endeavours, our endeavours begin. We cannot independently endeavour or act upon anything. Therefore, the Lord is Bhuta Bhavanaha. For example, when the Lord sees, then we can see it. We are always a secondary enjoyer of everything. Always. When the Lord sees, then only we can see. So that means if we have seen something, that means the Lord already saw it before us. How? Easy to understand. Chakshō Suryo Ajayata the sun is his eye. Now when the sun shines, then you can see. Oh, you may say, no, I have lights in my room, I can see. Yeah, but that light, how is the energy coming? If you trace it back, it will go all the way to sun again. Maybe it's a hydroelectricity or whatever. Everything is again dating back to the sun. If you trace it back, it will go back to the sun. So, even the waters, how will the water supply be, you know, water flow is maintained? The rains, the ocean, the evaporation, the clouds and everything, everything is because of the sun again. So, unless the sun sees it, we cannot see it. And sun is an eye of the Supreme Lord. So, in this way, we are always the secondary enjoyer of everything. So, the whole point of offering to the Lord is to understand this thing that I am the secondary enjoyer. I cannot eat first. First Krishna eats and then I eat. I am a secondary enjoyer. I will only take those things that Krishna has eaten. That is prasadam. So in this way everything, he is the proprietor. I am a servant. Like servant, sometimes the master gives old clothes, you know, to the servant. You know, that is there. So old used clothes, then the servant will happily accept it and use it. So. That is that is exactly what we are trying to do. We we can we enjoy, but secondary, subordinate to Krishna, not independently of Krishna. That is the whole point. That's why it is said the supreme personality. Therefore, the previous verse said that. Let's go to the previous verse. Sri Bhagavan Vacha. Yannaradangirobhyante vyahritam me nushasanam. Samsiddho Sitaya Rajan Vidyaya Darshanachamem So I don't know exactly where it is said. Because you are now educated in spiritual science, you have seen me face to face. Okay, here I don't know where exactly you said. But anyway, that's the point. One second. I think maybe in the purport the explanation is there. Anyway, the thing is this, that unless the Lord enjoys, unless the Lord endeavours, we cannot endeavour. Like we endeavour, for example, let's take that endeavour itself. How can we endeavour? We endeavour with our mind, intelligence. We endeavour with our body. We try to do something. But, the Lord only already endeavoured and gave us this body. And now with this body we are endeavouring. So, unless the Lord endeavours, we cannot endeavour. Hmm. 
and therefore the purest activity is that to cooperate with the Lord's endeavor. The Lord's endeavor is Dharma Samsthapanarthaya to re-establish religious principles in this world. And so the one who preaches Krishna consciousness is very dear to him because he is cooperating with his endeavor. Instead of just understanding, oh, unless the Lord endeavors, I cannot endeavor. Yeah, okay, fine. No, but now, okay, the Lord has given me the facility to endeavor. So this endeavor should be given back to the Lord. That is sacrifice for his satisfaction. So he has endeavored to give me this body. That means this body belongs not to me, but to him. So this body must be used for him, his purpose. Just like this hand it belongs to this body. This hand has to work for the, this body's purpose. It has to put food in the mouth. So it goes to the stomach so that the whole body is nourished. So, the hand has to work for this body. So, similarly, we belong to Krishna, part and parcel. So, we have to work for his satisfaction. So, that is akarma. Uh, when we, when that akarma, uh, we cannot do completely. We are in a diseased condition. And for those people, there are karma. That means, Vedic prescribed activities like demigod, worship and, su and such. So, at least you do something. You know, although you have this material desires, do something at least. So slowly advance to the point where ultimately, maybe after many births, one may come to a karma platform. Until then, perform karma. Mm, that is the whole idea of Vedic literature. Another specific feature of the knowledge given in this verse is that, now this is important. Shabda Brahma is also a form of the Supreme Lord. In his eternal blissful form, Lord Krishna is accepted by Arjuna as Param Brahma. Param Brahma, Param Dhamma, Pavitram, Paramam Bhavan. So in his eternal blissful form, Lord Krishna is accepted by Arjuna as Param Brahma. A living entity in the conditioned stage accepts something illusory as substantial. This is called Maya or Avidya, ignorance. Therefore, according to the Vedic knowledge, one must become a devotee and one must then distinguish between Avidya and Vidya, which are elaborately explained in the Ishopanishad, we have gone through that. We have done lectures, a series on Ishopanishad recently. And if especially the verses starting from 12, 13 and 14, these three verses are about, um, no, no, sorry, uh, 9, 10, 11, and actually 12, 13, 14 also. 9 to 14 are very important verses about this Vidya and Avidya and Sambhuti and Asambhuti. Because that Sambhuti and Asambhuti is based on Vidya and Avidya. <laughs> so therefore they are related. That means what is absolute and what is not. So what is inferior, what is superior. This is all based on knowledge. So the, from 9 verses 9 through 14 are very important in Ishopanishad. Oh, everything is important, all the verses. This 9 to 14 deal with the subject of Avidya and Vidya. When one is actually on the platform of Vidya, he can personally understand the personality of Godhead in his forms like those of Lord Rama, Lord Krishna and Sankarshan. The Vedic knowledge is described as the breathing of the Supreme Lord. Which is, what is that verse? Um, in the Vedas it is said that by breathing the Lord has brought the Vedas into existence. Mm. Uh, maybe if somebody can find out and they can put in the comments. We will go further. So, therefore the Lord says when he endeavours or breathes, the material universes come into existence. That is also an endeavor. Although it's nothing for him, he's just breathing. You know, but that is also an endeavor. But that, by that he is creating these universes. And various activities gradually develop in those universes. 
the Lord says in Bhagavad Gita, Pranavah Sarvavedeshu. I am the syllable Om in all the Vedic mantras. Vedic knowledge begins with the vibration of the transcendental sound Pranava, Omkara. Like Bhagavatam also starts with Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Janmadhyasa Yatonvaya Ditaratas Charteshvabhignasvarat. So in that way it goes. The same transcendental sound is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Abhinnatvan Nama Nama. Oh, there is no difference between the holy name of the Lord and the Lord Himself. So this is a very important verse, see. How to understand what is the Vedic knowledge. Now, Another verse I want to take you to is this. There are many verses talking about work. Okay, let's go to another one, which is um, okay. This verse we have seen many times, but after that we will come back here, right? It's a very important verse. First, we'll go to 2.50 of Bhagavad Gita, as you can see. Buddhi yukto jahati ha ubhe sukrita duskrite. Ubhe again, both. Tasmad yoga ya yujjasva yoga ha karma sukaushalam. A man engaged in devotional service rids himself of both good and bad actions, even in this life. Therefore, strive for yoga, which is the art of all work. The art of work is to be completely busy but be completely without any reaction to work in the material world that is the art now this is a very important verse chaitanya charitamrita madhyalila 19.17 bhattacharya pandit bishatrisha laya bhagavat vichar korena sabhate vasiya Sri Sanatana Goswami used to discuss Srimad Bhagavatam in an assembly of 20 or 30 uh, learned Brahmana scholars. Okay, we have nothing to do with that incident at the moment because in the purport, it's a philosophical thing. Actually, this is when, uh, you know, Sanatana Goswami was as a government officer, he was trying to <laughs> run away from his work and, you know, sit down and discuss Bhagavatam. Yeah, later, he was punished, he was jailed for this. But, um, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> but we are trying to understand about Bhagavatam, there's a nice description in his purport. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur gives the following commentary on the words Bhagavata Vichar. Because here the word Bhagavat Vichar is used. That means discussion on Srimad Bhagavatam. See? So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur gives the following commentary on the words Bhagavata Vichar. As confirmed in the Mundaka Upanishad 1.1.4 and 5, there are two kinds of educational systems. Dvevidye veditavya iti hasmayad brahma vidovadanti parachaiva paracha tatrapara rigvedo yajurvedaha samavedo atharvavedaha shiksha kalpo vyakaranam niruktam chando jyotisham iti atha Parayayatad aksharam adhigamyate. This is a very interesting word. Now, until now, we have understood that the Vedas, Vedo Narayana Sakshat. But here, 
in the Mundaka Upanishad, something else is said. So there are four Vedas. What is that? Rigveda, Yajurveda, Samveda, Atharvaveda. Then there are Vedangas. Vedangas means corollary studies of the Vedas. That means Shiksha, Kalpa, Vyakaranam, Neruktam, Chanda, Jyotisha. Actually, each of these mean, let's take it out. I'm going to take it out on the Wikipedia. Actually, there is a description. Okay, good. Okay, good. Now, we have to go here. Give me a second because... Okay, I need to first disconnect the display. Let me check here. Okay, give me just a moment, huh? All right. I do not know if you can actually see this properly. Let's try putting in the display again. This is actually very small for you. It's not, it's not really ideal. Maybe we will go to the bigger screen and we will make it visible for you. This is from the Wikipedia actually. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is not how I want it. No. Wait a second. <laughs> it's like very weird. Well, I need to figure out that. But, okay. Here we go. You see this? Vedangas. Vedangas means the corollary studies of the Vedas. Apart from the four Vedas, we have the Vedangas. The Vedanga are six auxiliary disciplines of, they say Hinduism, but in our case, Sanatana Dharma, that developed in ancient times and have been connected with the studies of the Vedas. These are Shiksha, phonetics, pronunciation, okay? alphabet, accent, quant quantity, stress, melody and rules of euphonic combination of words during a Vedic recitation. Chandas, prosody. This auxiliary discipline has focused on the poetic meters, you know, all the Chandas, like different tunes that we sing the shlokas in, that is Chandas including those based on fixed number of syllables per verse and those verse based on six, fixed number of more per verse. This is all very technical. Uh, then Vyakarana means grammar and linguistic analysis. Right? Nirukta, etymology, explanation of words, dictionary, you know, it's like the di Sanskrit dictionary, Nirukta. In fact, Prabhupada many times in the purport has quoted from the Nirukta dictionary. So this is called etymology. This is one of the Vedangas, six Vedangas. Huh? See, to establish proper meaning of words given the context they are used in. So this is actually Nirukta. Then there is Kalpa, ritual instructions. How to perform the standardizing procedures of Vedic rituals. <clears throat> and you know rituals associated with the major life events such as birth, wedding and death in the family as well as discussing the personal conduct and proper duties of an individual in different stages of his life. So these are all Kalpa. Finally there is Jyotisha, auspicious time, you know astrology and all that, astronomy. So these are the six Vedangas 
So, coming back to the purport of this verse here. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur gives the following commentary on the words Bhagavad Vichara as confirmed in the Mundaka Upanishad, this verse we have read just now. There are two kinds of educational systems. Again, we will read the verse. Dvevidye veditavya iti hasma yad brahma vidovadanti para chaiva paracha tatra para rigvedo yajurveda samavedo atharvaveda siksha kalpo vyakaranam niruktam chando jyotisham iti. So, all the six Vedangas and the four Vedas. Atha para yayatad aksharam adhigamyate. See, there are two kinds of educational systems. One deals with transcendental knowledge, paravidya and the other with material knowledge, Aparavidya. All the Vedas, the Rig Veda, Yajurveda, Samaveda and Atharvaveda along with their corollaries known as Siksha, Kalpa, Vyakarana, Nirukta, Chanda and Jyotisha belong to the inferior system of material knowledge, Aparavidya. <laughs> we have learned Vedas are you know, spiritual, Shabda Brahma. You see, in the Vedas also, there are, there is information, Veda means knowledge. The word Veda, Dictionary definition of Veda means knowledge. It has both spiritual and material knowledge, everything. But here, this this um, Vedas and the corollaries are classified as inferior system of material knowledge. This is from the, from the Mundaka Upanishad itself. By Paravidya, one can understand the Akshara, Brahman or the Absolute Truth. Because most of the, much of the Vedas are just dealing with the three modes of material nature, how to go to demigods, how to understand, you know, Vedic mantras and all these things. But the whole purpose, Veda is to survive Ahameva Vedya. That description of the Supreme Lord is actually real Paravidya. And anything that speaks about the Atma Tattvam, the soul and the super soul, that is actually real Paravidya. By Paravidya, one can understand the Akshara, Brahman or the Absolute Truth. As far as the Vedic literature is concerned, the Vedanta Sutra is accepted as the Paravidya. Srimad Bhagavatam is an explanation of that Paravidya. Brahma, Brahma Sutrasya Bhashya say, uh, this uh, Bhagavatam is the commentary on Brahma Sutra or Vedanta Sutra. So, this is Paravidya. Srimad Bhagavatam is Paravidya. Those who aspire for liberation, Mukti or Moksha and introduce themselves as Vaidantika uh, are also equal to those groups aspiring to improve religion, dharma, economic development, artha and sense gratification, karma. See, those who aspire for liberation are also equal to those groups aspiring for religion, economic development and sense gratification. Those who are after this dharma, artha, kama, moksha, this is all chaturvarga. See, dharma, artha, kama and moksha are called chaturvarga. They are all within the system of inferior material knowledge. Even moksha is considered in the inferior system of material knowledge because it is just dealing with matter in a negative way what, what do i mean that means the the especially the impersonalists they speak of moksha as not this not this neti 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 oh it is not the it is not the material world so they're just describing negatively about the material world but what is actually spiritual world they're not describing positively that is the problem there so therefore that is still considered material because there is no spiritual description. The karmis, they have great hope in material life and they describe positively this material world. Oh, it is a great source of happiness. They want to be happy here. Although they are suffering every moment. Sukhavan manya tegrahi. So they, are, they think they are happy. They are actually suffering. That is the materialist. They, have, they describe this material world as a beautiful place. You know, 
you know like that they describe because they they have so many desires to fulfill in this world and they think this world is a place where we can fulfill our desires so they have great hope durashayaye bahirartamanina they have this false hope and so they have a very positive positive outlook very um optimistic outlook towards the material world whereas the so called mokshavadis or the mayavadis or those who are wanting liberation impersonal liberation they are pessimistic about the material world the karmis are optimistic about the material world the gyanis are pessimistic about the material world but still there the subject matter is the material world there is no spiritual knowledge so therefore it is called inferior even dharma artha kama are in the optimistic understanding of material world optimistic view of the material world and moksha is about the pessimistic view of the material world but all are material therefore prema pumartho mahan chaitanya mahaprabhu's mission shri chaitanya mahaprabhur matamidam what is that prema pumartho mahan love of godhead that is positive description of spiritual life that is where the devotee actually puts his effort so dharma artha kama and moksha are called chaturvarga they are all within the system of inferior material knowledge any literature giving information about the spiritual world spiritual life spiritual identity and the spirit soul is called paravidya now bhagavad gita starts with that although it starts with a battlefield setting apparently material but it when krishna starts speaking in the second chapter immediately the spiritual significance is understood there and krishna starts speaking on the soul and the activities of the soul and how to come out of this entanglement of this material world and finally how to surrender to the supreme soul and how to engage in devotional service bhaktiya mama bijanati so all the whole bhagavad gita is paravidya hmm. that's why it's more important than all the vedas and although it is considered a part of the fifth veda which is a lesser important scripture seemingly than the four vedas but no the bhagavad gita is actually सर्वोपनिषदो गावो दोग्धा गोपालनंदनः पार्थो वत्सः सुधीरभोक्ता दुग्धं गीतामृतं महत् इट इज द एसेंस ऑफ ऑल द उपनिषद्स एंड द वेदास एंड ऑल द वेदिक लिटरेचर भारतामृत सर्वस्वं विष्णुवक्त्राद विनिश्रितं गीता गंगोदकं पीत्वा पुनर्जन्मन विद्यते दीस आर द वर्सेस फ्रॉम गीता महात्म्या बाय शंकराचार्य एनी लिटरेचर गिविंग information about the spiritual world spiritual life spiritual identity and the spirit soul is called paravidya anything to do with spirit brahma shabda brahma uh, shrimad bhagavatam does not have anything to do with the materialistic way of life now vedas contain everything material and spiritual how to even improve your material condition that is also given but in the shrimad bhagavatam dharma projhita kaitavotra parama nirmatsranam satam completely rejected all the so called you know materially motivated religious systems and knowledge finish all aparavidya kicked out from the bhagavatam shrimad bhagavatam does not have anything to do with the materialistic way of life it gives transcendental information to educate people in the superior system of paravidya sanatan goswami was engaged in discussing the bhagavad vidya which means he discussed transcendental superior knowledge those who are karmis gyanis or yogis are not actually fit to discuss shrimad bhagavatam only vaishnavas or pure devotees are fit to discuss that literature as stated in shrimad bhagavatam itself 12.13.18 shrimad bhagavatam puranam amalam yad vaishnavanam priyam 
यस्मिन्पारमहं स्यमेकममलं ज्ञानं परं गीयते यत्र ज्ञान विराग भक्ति सहितं नैष्कर्म्यमावश्कृतं तच्छ्रिन्मन्सु पठन विचारन परो ज्ञान knowledge and vairagya renunciation huh? vairagya vidya nijabhakti yoga as stated in shrimad bhagavatam tachraddha dhana tachraddha dhana hamunayo jnana vairagya yuktaya pashyantyatmani chatmanam bhaktya shruta grihitaya the seriously inquisitive student or sage well equipped with knowledge and detachment realizes that absolute truth by rendering devotional service in terms of what he has heard from the vedanta shruti This is not sentiment. Knowledge and renunciation can be obtained through devotional service. Bhaktiya Shruta Grihitaya. That is by arousing one's dormant devotional consciousness. Krishna consciousness. When Krishna consciousness is aroused, it relieves one from fruitive activity. Activity for economic improvement and material enjoyment. This relief is technically called Naishkarmya. And when one is relieved, he is no longer interested in working hard for sense gratification. Srimad Bhagavatam is Srila Vyasadeva's last mature contribution and one should read and hear it in an assembly of realized souls while engaging in devotional service. At such a time, one can be liberated from all material bondage. This was the course taken by Sanatana Goswami who retired from government service to study Srimad Bhagavatam with learned scholars. Of course, there are so many nice um, instructions actually. All these verses, you know, 8, 1, 14, 8, 3, 11... you can actually go and you know you can see all these things but you know we don't have that much time so basically you, you kind of understand now that karma akarma and vikarma and that's why in the bhagavad gita chapter 2 text 45 krishna said to arjuna traigunya vishaya veda nistraigunyo bhava arjuna निर्द्वंद्वो निर्द्वन्द्वस्थो निर्योगक्षेम आत्मवान्द वेदर्स डील मेनली विद द सब्जेक्ट ऑफ द थ्री मोड्स ऑफ मेटीरियल नेचर ओ अर्जुन बिकम ट्रांसेंडेंटल टू दीज थ्री मोड्स बी फ्री फ्रॉम ऑल ड्यूअलिटीज एंड फ्रॉम ऑल एंगजाइटीज फॉर गेन एंड सेफ्टी एंड बी एस्टैब्लिश्ड इन द सेल्फ सी द वेदर्स डील मेनली विद द सब्जेक्ट मैटर ऑफ द थ्री मोड्स वेद इज अपरा अपरा go to the para bhagavad gita is actually above the traigunya vishaya veda shrimad bhagavatam is also above so these kinds of literatures one must acclimatize oneself with and then one comes to the standard of acting with naishkarmyam or akarma which has no material reaction but full uh, spiritual benefit when krishna's uh, satisfaction is the only goal of such activity that is proper activity of the spirit soul that is called naishkarma or akarma and when we act like that whole life we can have a long life acting like that but no karma at all no positive or negative reactions in this material world 
so that's how one must work unless one works like that every other activity is therefore binding into this material world we can actually go even more depth i mean more more explanation but i think you get an idea of it and you can always you know read about it in the bhagavad gita and bhagavatam more because you know every topic can be always ex- expanded to unlimited extents so we will stop it here otherwise we'll take the questions one second ah this is good the you know wait one second okay here it is i think there is a um 315 purport that the vedas come from the breathing of the supreme lord we'll go there 315 purport so that was put in the comments thank you for that so here karma brahmodbhavam vidhe brahmakshara samudbhavam so the here it is said the vedas are directly manifested from the supreme personality of godhead so how they are manifested by the breathing you see it is said in the brahadaranyaka upanishad asya mahato bhutasya nishvasitam nishvasitam means breathing etad yad ridvego yajurvedah samavedo अथर्वांगिरसः द फोर वेदास नेमली द ऋग्वेदा यजुर्वेदा सामवेदा एंड अथर्ववेदा आर ऑल इमेनेशंस फ्रॉम द ब्रीदिंग ऑफ द ग्रेट पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉडहेड यस्यैक निश्वसित कालमथावलंब्य जीवन्ति लोम विलजा जगदंडनाथाः विष्णुर्महांस इह यस्य कला विशेषो गोविंदमादि पुरुषं तमहं भजामि सो यू सी so nishvasita nishvasana means breathing uh one second okay so we'll take the questions now first question i don't know how many questions we have oh we have many questions as usual okay we'll go through them quickly first question by bhakta virendra the present resultant karma arising from our pra- past prarabdha karma be nullified by performing bhakti yes most certainly that is explain um 1866 sarva dharman parityajyam amekam sharanam vraja aham vam sarva papebhyo mokshayishyami masuchah abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me i shall deliver you from all sinful reactions do not fear so all sinful reactions what are the sinful reactions अप्रारब्ध इन द पद्मपुराण इट स्टेटेड अप्रारब्ध फल पापम कूटम बीज फलोन्मुखम क्रमेण प्रलीयत विष्णुभक्तिरतात्मना देर आर डिफरेंट स्टेजेस ऑफ डॉमेंट रियाक्शन टू सिंफुल एक्टिविटीज टू बी ऑब्जर्व इन सिंफुल लाइफ sinful reactions may be just waiting to take effect phalon mukha the reactions may be still further dormant kuta or the reactions may be in a seed like state bija 
In any case, all types of sinful reactions are vanquished one after another if the person engages in the devotional service of Lord Vishnu. So that answers the question. Next question by Bhakta Virendra again. Can we chant holy names while listening to lecture? Well, best not to, you know, if you can, you know, chant other times and finish your chanting, that's the best. You know, that would be highly recommended. Otherwise, inattentive chanting. So try for that. And uh, next question by Krishna Priya Mataji. Guruji, I met, first of all, I'm not any Guruji. <laughs> I'm just, you know, servant. I met a person whose face resembles mine and eyes too. For me, it is a bad karma. How could that happen? Please suggest. Doesn't matter. Don't worry. You just chant Hare Krishna. Doesn't matter. I mean, if somebody resembles you, so what? You know, it's, it doesn't nothing to do with your spiritual life. You chant Hare Krishna and be concerned with the what is akarma, what is what is devotional service. And the soul, body anyway, whether somebody's eyes resemble or what, that is all about the body, right? The whole point is we are not the body. So we don't need to worry about these things. Next question by Rohit Singh. Good evening, sir. I want to know how trees are as emotional as animals. <laughs> the trees, in fact, there was a, Srila Prabhupada was mentioning that the scientist, I don't remember the scientist's name. So he made experiment that tree, trees also cry. See, the thing is, they also have emotions. But the problem with us is, we want to see emotions like what we experience. Or tears in the eyes or, you know, some kind of a pain. Let's leave the trees aside. Animals, they cry, they have tears in the eyes, they have all these feelings. But still there is no brain to, for people to understand that the animals have, you know, uh, feelings. Still they kill. Trees also have, they are also living entities. Every living entity has feelings. It's not that the trees, the body of the tree has some feelings. A living entity has feelings. The body, uh, my dead body, will not have any feelings. Understand? So it's not about the body at all. Feelings come from the soul. Huh? The same brain can be there, the same heart can be there. But a dead body does not have any feelings. So it's not the body that is making the feelings or something. The soul is the person and the person has feelings. You have to understand that. So, the person has a different, different types of bodies. So, when he has a tree's body, he still has feelings. Just that, he is so unable to express himself adequately. Hmm. As we understand. To our understanding. But he has pain. He has everything that we have. Consciousness, the sense of one's pains and pleasures, one knows. Like... What are the pains and pleasures you are going through, I will not know. But Krishna knows everyone's pains and pleasures. So a tree, being a soul, having a tree's body, he has pains and pleasures. It is a person. These are all different bodies only. Inside the body is a... If there is no soul, yes, the tree will not grow anymore. Nothing, it's a dead tree. But if it is growing, if, it is move, if there is movement, that means there is... Um, soul inside. In fact, the trees can see also. They can see. But not in the way which we see. We see through eyes. Therefore, Prabhupada explained, when there is a, suppose the tree is growing and there is a wall like this, the tree will grow around. How, how does this tree know? Why does it go, don't go and hit against the wall and hit against the wall? No, it sees. It sees. That's why it grows around the wall. Or around some, some whatever obstruction is there. The, sees, the tree can see. But not in the exact way that we see. Just that. See, the problem is, 
we try to see everything as per our own understanding atmavan manyati jagat because i cannot live in the water can i conclude that nobody can live in the water no there are bodies there are in, you know beings who have bodies who can live there similarly there are bodies which can enable souls to live on the sun planet also as we understand from bhagavad gita sun planet is full in fact it is far more advanced than the earth in its science in its technology in its understanding in its piety everything is one of the heavenly planets and krishna himself said in the fourth chapter that i spoke in the on the sun planet that means they have bodies suitable to live there now we cannot imagine how can somebody live in such high temperatures this room is already hot you know very hot <laughs> so it is unbearable sometimes how can we even imagine living in the sun planet but they are comfortably living there there is full civilizations there everything but their bodies are different they have predominantly fiery bodies bodies made of fire and they can comfortably live there so this idea that somebody must express emotions as we do that's a wrong way of looking at things we should understand first of all what is soul and what is body then we know actually what is life forms and what are you know inanimate dead forms so if, when there is life there is feeling think, uh, feeling thinking and willing these are the symptoms of life hmm. next question by nanduri vamsi god conscious ne god conscious day to all today is god conscious day no no for a human being every day is supposed to be god conscious day or maybe you are wishing everybody okay fine since from nirgun brahma incarnation as krishna rama since from krita yuga they used to chant mantras like om namo narayana om namah shivaya am i right ji vedas are breath of god vedas are parabrahma veda says parabrahma is one we created forms and kept the names as lord shiva lord vishnu or goddess durga no 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 this is wrong you know no this is we did not create the forms no none of these we created lord shiva lord brahma they are all you know it's not nirgun brahma it is a wrong understanding krishna is saying i am a person i am person avajananti mam moodha manushim tanumashritam param bhavam ajananto mama mama bhuta maheshwaram in fact even bhagavad gita 7th chapter 24th verse prabhu always quoted this avyaktam vyaktimapannam manyate mam abuddhaya param bhavam ajananto mama avyayam anuttamam avyaktam vyaktimapannam you see unintelligent men who do not know me perfectly think that i the supreme personality of god at krishna was impersonal before and have now assumed this personality due to their small knowledge they do not know my higher nature which is imperishable and supreme you see unintelligent men say that he was you know nirgun brahma and now he came as shiva and brahma rama krishna and all this no this is wrong understanding krishna is the supreme personality of godhead param brahma param dham pavitram paramam bhavan lord shiva is never referred to as param brahma lord shiva is a devotee of krishna these are all said yastu narayanam devam brahma rudradi daivatai samatvena eva vishyate sa pashandi bhavidru he is an atheist who considers krishna and shiva to be the same they are not the same lord shiva is a um, gunavatar of krishna uh, and he is a very very uh, exalted devotee of krishna he is never equal to krishna understand and we did not create these forms of god 
they are already mentioned in the Shastra, Shastra. They already exist in all those different planets. Brahma, Ganesh, Durga, uh, what is that? Uh, Kartikeya, Shiva, everybody exists. 330 million demigods exist. They are a fact. They are Devatas. But Krishna is Bhagavan. He is called Jagannath. Jagatka Nath. The master of the universe is Krishna. Whereas everybody else is his servant. Ekalayeshwar Krishna Arsabhritya. Hmm. <clears throat> so this Om Namo Narayana, Om Namo, Om Namo Shivaya, these are all not same mantras. They have each mantra has different potency and is worshipping different devata. And according to your worship, you go to different destination also. It's not that whatever you do, you will come to the same Nirgun Brahma. No, 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 no. Krishna says in the ninth chapter here. Ninth chapter, twenty-fifth verse. This is all Mayavadi understanding, Prabhu. You have to you have to read Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita, then you will understand very clearly all these things. Yanti Deva Vrata Devan Pitrin Yanti Pitra Vrataha Bhutani Yanti Bhuteja Yanti Madhyajinopimam. Those who worship the demigods will take birth among the demigods. Those who worship the ancestors will go to the ancestors. Those who worship ghosts and spirits will take birth among such beings, and those who worship me will live with me. This is how we have to understand. See, different demigod worshippers go there, and ancestor go worshippers they go here, and Worship ghost worshippers they go to the planet of the ghosts and those who worship Krishna will go to Krishna. So different destination, not all same. No. And for those of you who are listening to this and who don't have this question, try to understand how to answer when you are presented with the same question. So sometimes devotees may think, ah, this question answer session is like wow. That that person's question, no. But no, this is good because everybody must know how to answer when they are questioned like this. It's not that I should be alone giving the classes until my death. No. Everybody, each of you have to become preachers and each of you have to, you know, um, share this knowledge with everyone. Of course, to my death, we will try to <laughs> preach Krishna. That is our business. We have to preach till our last breath and even after this life. That is there. But it is not that the student should never become a preacher. He should always remain a student. No. The student also should become preacher. Like Sundagopal Prabhu, he was, he was teaching... And now we are trying to share this knowledge. Yeah. So it is, you know, each student must, you know, become proficient in how to present Krishna consciousness. So everyone else also must understand how to present these things. Hmm. So these mantras, since from Krutya Yoga they used to chant mantras. Yeah, different worshippers according to their understanding. Demigod worshippers chant demigod mantras. Krishna worshippers chant Krishna mantra. Like that. It's all different. So, reference given from by Vrajakishwar Prabhu. Another simple example of Srila Prabhupada's teaching of an axiomatic, axiomatic truth is that we all know everyone has a mind but we cannot see or prove it. Yeah, that's a good example. Another thing which is there but we cannot prove it in any way. You know, there is mind, everybody has a mind but can we um, prove it? Can we see it? Can we touch it? Can we feel it? Can we, can we taste it? Can we smell it? No. But we know it is there. So that is axiomatic truth. We just have to accept it. That's it. So that is the next uh, reference by Vrajakishwar Prabhu. Next question by Ukeshwari Mataji. Uh, there are few types of surrender upon the Lord. Is Atmani Vedanam type of surrender is meant for Brahmacharis and Sannyasis only or other devotees can surrender? So, too. No, no. Atmani Vedanam. See, it's not only for Brahmacharis and Sannyasis. Atmani Vedanam means everybody. For everybody. The Atma. Everybody is an Atma. They have to surrender. Like the Pandavas were neither Brahmacharis nor 
sannyasis but they were fully atmanivedan to krishna so atmanivedana means real sannyasa means as stated in the bhagavad gita chapter 6 text 1 shri bhagavan vacha anashrita karma phalam karyam karma karoti yah sa sannyasi cha yogi cha na niragnirna chakriyah the supreme personality of god had said one who is unattached to the fruits of his work and who works as he is obligated is in the renounced order of life and he is the true mystic nor not he who lights no fire and performs no duty so anyone who is doing devotional service is a, i mean purely then he is sanyasi hmm so of course it's not that oh i'm a sanyasi now no the ashram is there but the act or the work of a sanyasi is by one who is doing this akarma activity devotional service sanyasi means we have to nyasa nyasa means what is sanyasa sat nyasa so we have to give up everything for the um, uh, for sat for attaining sat or the eternal so all activities other than for sat we have to give up asat sangatyaga so this is we have to give up that is a vaishnava acharya a vaishnava a true vaishnava is actually a sanyasi because he gives up every other activity um, what is that anukulyasa sankalpa pratikulyasa varjanam he gives up everything else that is unfavorable for devotional service and accepts only devotional activities and that is real sanyasa wherever he may be he may be woman or man or grahastha vanaprastha sanyasa that's why chaitanya mahaprabhu taught us naham you know let's take this i think it's uh, 22 6 13 80 i think chaitanya charitamrita madhyalila 1380 i think not sure actually yeah this 1380 madhyalila naham vipro na chanarapatir napi vaishyo na shudro naham varni na chagrihapatir नोवनस्थोयतिर्वा किंतु प्रोद्यनिखिलपरमानंदपूर्णामृताब्धेर् गोपी भर्तु पदकमलयोर्दासदासानुदास आई एम नॉट अ ब्राह्मण आई एम नॉट अ क्षत्रिय आई एम नॉट अ वैश्य नॉट अ शूद्र नॉट अ मे ब्रह्मचारी हाउस होल्डर वानप्रस्थ और सन्यासी आई आइडेंटिफाई माय सेल्फ ओनली एज अ सर्वेंट ऑफ द सर्वेंट ऑफ द सर्वेंट ऑफ द लोटस फीट ऑफ लॉर्ड श्री कृष्ण द मेंटेनर ऑफ द गोपीज ही इज लाइक एन ओशन ऑफ नेक्टर एंड ही इज द कॉज ऑफ यूनिवर्सल ट्रांसेंडेंटल ब्लेस ही इज ऑलवेज एक्जिस्टिंग विद ब्रिलियंस so this is our idea next bhakta virendra can we recite omkar and gayatri mantra for concentration of mind along with daily chanting of 16 rounds of hari krishna maha mantra please don't concoct so gayatri mantra is for the second initiated for concentration why you need to chant omkar and gayatri you cannot have concentration on chanting hari krishna if we cannot have chan- concentration having chanting hari krishna we cannot have chan- concentration chanting om and gayatri also concentration is nothing to do with the mantra concentration is how much we are invested in the mantra that we are chanting so with concentration if i chant some other mantra then uh, the other result will be there but even the omkar and gayatri we have to receive from spiritual master why you always jump chanting 16 rounds of hari krishna is what we have to do after initiation second initiation that to and then you will get gayatri mantra then you can chant but you chant hari krishna with concentration <laughs> that will be sufficient <clears throat> next question by vanajakshi mataji prabhu ji all these techniques what krishna explains to become a karma yogi seems very easy 
but to bring in practice consistently is very difficult if we would have practiced at least little in our every life it would have become our sanskar but it is not so why uh the last part i don't understand if we would have practiced at least little in our every life every day life maybe it would have become our sanskar but it is not so why so the first thing is um the practice also will become difficult uh, sorry the practice also will become easy if we associate with devotees satsanga uh, satsanga mukta duh sango i think that's i don't know where exactly no not this i don't know somewhere it is there satsanga mukta sanga I don't seem to find it. Anyway, the point is, um, association of devotees is the key. Then it becomes very easy. Otherwise, for everybody, yeah, it will be difficult. It is difficult without the association. It is always difficult. Therefore, satsang is very important. Devotee association. Next question by, what is this? So there was one verse shared here, ten eighty seven forty. Ten eighty seven forty. Twad abagami. Twad abagami na bhavad. Okay, one second. Okay, when a person realizes you, he no longer cares about his good and bad fortune arising from past pious and sinful acts. Since it is you alone who control this good and bad fortune, such a realized devotee also disregards what ordinary living beings say about him. Every day he fills his ears with your glories, which are recited in every age, in each age by the unbroken succession of Manu's descendants, and thus you become his ultimate salvation. Um. It's a nice word, actually. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> next uh, question by Bhaktavirendra: Those who are in Krishna consciousness in this birth are favored by Supreme Lord to return to His abode, and those who are non-devotees, impersonalists, and atheists have 
have to get entangled in repeated birth and death for millions of years and then a question mark you have already made the statement so answer is there itself <laughs> next question by bhakta sharanam ram prasad hari krishna prabhu should we pray to go back home back to godhead or wherever lord krishna puts us either higher or lower we should chant hari krishna and चेतन महाप्रभु टॉटस न धनम न जनम न सुंदरी कविता वा जगदीश कामये मम जन्मनि जन्मनीश्वरे भवताक्तिरहेतुकी सो वी हेव टू प्रे फॉर सर्विस टू कृष्ण दट्स वॉट वी हेव टू प्रे फॉर प्लीज ब्लेस मी विथ द सर्विस ऑफ युअर डिवोटी और युअर सर्विस सो लाइक दैट ऑलवेज बी एंगेज इन द सर्विस वेर एवर वॉन्ट कृष्ण वॉन्ट्स टू पुट आज इन बट ऑफकोर्स वी आर नॉट वेरी ग्रेट यू नो like once uh, one of the proper disciples asked um proper so should we desire to go back to godhead or should we uh, desire to like preach in this world proper say you 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 go back because <laughs> you know um to to preach you know there has to be empowered by krishna there has to be krishna's empowerment so krishna shakti vina nahe tar pravartan person who can preach like prabhupad Mm, that is very especially empowered devotee so generally we have to serve krishna whatever krishna's service is we have we have to do basically we have to pray for service that's the answer next uh, bhakta virendra question since bhagavad gita and bhagavat purana is paravidya and deals with naishkarmya it was recommended by lord chaitanya to his followers question mark yes <laughs> it's not even a question come on <laughs> You're cheating your way through. <laughs> anyway, good. Thank you. So Lord Chaitanya actually asked his followers to, um, you know, there are five things, five limbs of devotional service. What are those? Bhagavat Shravan, Mathura Vas. मध्यलीला ट्वेंटी टू डॉट वन हंड्रेड एंड ट्वेंटी एट साधु संघ नाम कीर्तन भागवत श्रवण मथुरावास श्रीमूर्तिर्श्रद्धा सेवन साधु संघ नाम कीर्तन भागवत श्रवण मथुरावास श्रीमूर्तिर्श्रद्धा सेवन वन शुड एसोसिएट विथ डिवोटीज छान द होली नेम ऑफ द लॉर्ड हियर श्रीमद भागवतम रिजायर एट मथुरा एंड वर्शिप द डेटी विथ फेथ एंड वेनरेशन सो मथुरा मीन्स टेम्पल लाइक दैट टेम्पल इज ऑल्सो इक्वेलन टू मथुरा so if one cannot stay in the temple at least one must every day come to the temple as much as possible if cannot come to the temple because of lockdown live streams <laughs> so next question by kupusami marudamuttu all problem can solve laughing what <laughs> i don't understand the question i'm so sorry <laughs> i don't understand the question so oh so the scientist yeah okay the scientist okay the question was asked earlier that how are trees emotional as animals so the scientist that actually you know mentioned that that they do have feelings is jagadish chandra bose as stated as helped in the comments by amar reddy bhaktavirendra and rajagishor prabhu next krishna suyoga 
जय जगन्नाथ प्रभु जय जगन्नाथ इज इट फाइन टू चैंड एट आफ्टरनून टाइम इंस्टेड ऑफ मॉर्निंग वे बिजी यूर बिजी एट थ्री ओ क्लॉक ऑल्सो फोर आई मीन फोर ओ क्लॉक फाइव ओ क्लॉक इफ यू आर दैन या यू कैन चैंड इन द आफ्टरनून इफ इट इज पॉसिबल टू चैंड इन द मॉर्निंग यू कैन चैंड एनी डे स्मरण वट इज दट नियमित स्मरणेन काल दर इज नो हार्ड एंड फास्ट रूल्स वैन यू शुड चैंड वैन यू शुड नॉट चैंड एनी टाइम यू कैन चैंड just make sure 16 rounds are finished in the day and if you can chant early in the morning if it is possible somehow do it then as much as possible and then remaining you can chant the rest of the time you know as as time permits varnakshi mata ji prabhu ji if you are not started our krishna consciousness path at our early age then have begun this journey in this life hmm I think I understand what you're asking. You know. That means you are saying if somebody is born into Krishna consciousness that means he has started somewhere in the previous life and he is continuing in this life. So if we have not started in the early age began we began later in life so that means have we begun this journey in this life. So if, assuming that that is the question and I hope it is um the answer is we can't really say you know why bilongal thakur <clears throat> bilongal thakur became a devotee at when he was like very much grown up and he was actually associating with this prostitute but then when the prostitute chintamani said that uh because he even in the great storm he crossed the river and everything you know with so many dangers he passed through and he went to her house to enjoy sex with her now when the when the the chintamani her name and the prostitute did not expect him to come and because today is a storm okay he will not come but he was so greedy for sex that he came all the way great dangers he passed through in the way so when she saw him she was stunned what you are here even in such a storm and he said anything for you darling <laughs> you know then she said wow if only this much love you had if this much attraction you had for krishna how much of a great devotee you would have been really you know when she said that light bulb immediately how did that happen and then he left he left and went for vrindavan immediately he left the association of prostitute and left for vrindavan and it is explained there why how come usually when a person who is addicted to sex you know when he is told something like you know what if this much attraction you had for krishna you would have been a great devotee he would not leave ha 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 oh you know then he will just you know laugh it off and then continue his same sinful activities but why it had such a profound effect on bilmangal thakur because it is explained that in this previous life he uh, advanced to the bhava stage you know the stages adho shraddha tato sadhu sanga bhajana kriya anartha nivritti nishtha ruchi asakti bhava just one platform one step away from prema complete love of godhead he went until bhava and somehow or other fell down and in this life he you know um you know came back to that when he became an adult so we never really know you see how exactly this is all taking place but as long as we have come in contact with the movement that is fortunate whether it's in the you know early stages of life or right before we die anything is 
once we are understand the urgency of krishna consciousness that is the beginning of our fortunate life the moment we understand its urgency yes that is that is our beginning of good fortune <clears throat> another example is bharat maharaj he became an animal and then he became a brahmin so even as an animal it is not that he was uh, sinful he became because his his consciousness was like that in the end of his life previous life so he is also continuing although he was an animal so you know there are that's why this is how this krishna arranges all this karma is like very very complicated another i'll, I'll give you another food for thought <laughs> usually pious people they are you know born in cultured families and you know especially in india many families are cultured and just imagine those people who actually came in contact with the movement hari krishna movement happened to be americans who actually you know had a strong association of shri prabhupad in america and their life was complete rubbish and they got the association of a pure devotee whereas indians shri prabhupad was like begging them please please become krishna conscious whole life but they did not want to become you see so how come supposedly more pious but they are not interested in they are they are so sinful and they are interested again how did this all happen you know of course the mercy of the the mercy of the pure devotee but the other person must be at least receptive even though however sinful he is if he is receptive somehow or other uh, the pure devotee can purify him just like the uh, hunter what is his name mrigari narad muni purified him valmiki was a highway robber narada purified him so like that association of pure devotee is very potent but we should also be at least a little bit receptive hmm. that receptive nature will actually uh, help us in advancing all right okay the quote is here okay the second part of the question if we would have practiced at least at least a little in each janma then our soul would have carried such vasanas easily but not so why no that's why you are here for example now you are you know interested in krishna consciousness that's because of previous vasanas and you had this inclination all along in your life you wanted to you know study vedas and you know understand all these things and that has been there with you so you know it is all a part of the journey you see it's not it's not that the vasana is there But somehow or other you know even if it is not there even if it was never there now with the association of devotee if we can get it it doesn't matter whether we had or not but just by understanding its urgency somehow or other we will come automatically to the perfectional stage whether we had or not had what happened in our previous life why we speculate now we have an opportunity in our present and we can do something about it and you know um this thing our future our we can build our future on it why don't we act past is past whatever has happened has happened we don't know what happened but what we can understand is that now we have an opportunity we should not let it go that we have to be determined about so the verse is yeah vajigesh <clears throat> prabhu showed me this satsangan mukta dusango yeah one 10 श्रीमद् भागवतम 1 10 
11 and 12. Yeah, this is the one. Satsangan Mukta Duhsango Hatum Not Sahate Buddha Kirtyamanam Yasho Yasya Sakradakarnya Rochanam Tasmin Yastadhya Partha Saheran Viraham Katham Darshana Sparsha Samlapa Shayanasana Bhojanaihi The intelligent who have understood the Supreme Lord in association with pure devotees have become freed from bad materialistic association can never avoid hearing the glories of the Lord even though they have heard them only once. How then could the Pandavas tolerate his separation for they had been intimately associated with his person, seeing him face to face, touching him, conversing with him and sleeping, sitting and dining with him. You see? Satsangan mukta duhsango That means by association with saintly person we can give up the association of um, Asatsanga who are non-devotees. So next question by Mataji. I never heard of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for the first 19 years of my life but after coming to ISKM the whole devotional process felt so natural and familiar. So it could have been because of offences in previous life as a devotee. Well that can be the that can be the fact with every one of us. I mean, you know, we never know how we came. You know. So anyway, whatever past is past. Now, now let us do something about it. We it is within our now the present. We have at least some control. We can act now. So let's take it seriously now. Don't take into another vasana and the next life this vasana that that vasana that that vasana. Why? Finish. Finish all is in this life. That's the whole idea of Krishna Consciousness Movement. Alright. Thank you all very much. 40 of you still online. Really appreciate that. And uh, we will end it here. Thank you. Do we have more comments? Alright. Thank you very much. Bhagavad Gita Ki Jai. Oh. Again. See. There's uh, another verse. Okay. Vishwambar Prabhu. Um, 11, 26, 26. Okay. Not finished. Not finished. Okay. 11, 26, 26. Last verse. Okay. Tato duhsanga mutsrijya satsu sajjeta buddhiman santa evasya chindanti mano vyasanga mukti bhi. An intelligent person should therefore reject all bad association and instead take up the association of saintly devotees whose words cut off the excessive attachment of one's mind. Wow, that's even more nice. Mana Vyasangam Uktibhe Chindanti. Wow. Every verse is nice. Oh, we have a question. What is the difference between ISKM and ISKCON? Okay, the moderator, I request you to kindly share the link. We have done a whole five-part series. Uh, five webinars each three hours long you can watch that you can you can you know leave the link there because that's a whole and also our ISKM website iskm.international is www.iskm.international yeah there's no dot com nothing iskm.international and if you go there about us you can actually find there all the information and yeah I think that should do Alright, we will stop here. Oh, oh. There is another verse by Chanakya Pandit. What is that? Vajagishwar Prabhu says, 
there's a similar similar verse by chanakya pandit yeah um yeah sadhu samagamam sadhu samagamam sadhu samagamam ya tyaja durjana samsargam bhaja sadhu samagamam yes correct very good very good this is in the chaitanya charitamrita madhalila 11.10 um tyaja durjana samsargam bhaja sadhu samagamam this means that one has to abandon the association of materialistic people and associate with spiritually advanced people good that's a good verse and i think there is a second part to this i think i don't know what what is that we have to find out later on maybe sometime other well uh, marudumuthu says please say nothing my question something my question see the thing is i don't understand the question okay vishwambar prabhu has come up with you <laughs> he is such a scholar okay um we will put up his verse there you go oops <laughs> that is so bad <laughs> oh no that is so big now i'm so sorry <laughs> i made a mess of that okay i'm sorry about that i need to fix that <laughs> okay basically i wanted to show the verse let's try another time again it comes the same way okay well, let's try this time Okay, that's a bit better, but it's very small though. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. I hope you still can see. I don't know if you can see still. Okay, here it goes. Ah, never mind, it covers my face. ओके त्यज दुर्जन संसर्ग भज साधु सामगम कुरुपुण्यम अहोरात्र स्मरण्यंपनी ऑफ डेवल्स डीमस एंड नॉन डिवोडीज एंड शुड ऑलवेज एसोसिएट विद डिवोडीज एंड सेंटली पर्सन वन शुड ऑलवेज एक्ट पायसली थिंकिंग दट दिस लाइफ इज टेम्पररी एंड नॉट बी अटैच टू टेम्पररी हैपीनेस एंड डिस्ट्रेस द कृष्ण कॉन्शियसनेस मूवमेंट इज टीचिंग ऑल ऑफ ह्यूमन सोसाइटी दिस प्रिंसिपल ऑफ बिकमिंग कृष्ण कॉन्शियस एंड दस सॉल्विंग द प्रॉब्लम्स ऑफ लाइफ फॉर एवर मंगलारती I mean, we have finished our session. <laughs> we will come again tomorrow. No problem. All right. The thing is, I don't understand the question of Murari Prabhu. Mm. For any problems, always keep smiling. Huh? Smile is the best medicine. Oh, that's your question. Smile is the best medicine for any problem. And for any problem, so keep smiling. This can or no? Oh. there's a question like this okay so this is smile is the mes- best medicine this is stupid nonsense you know <clears throat> krishna chanting is the best medicine the holy name is the best medicine don't invent something which is not there in the shastra show me one verse where smile is the best medicine we will follow it 
everybody keep mm, smiling like that but it is not there so you know <laughs> so the holy name is considered the best medicine bhavaushadachrotra bhano manobhirama aushadhi medicine is so smile is nonsense what is what is smile eh? even you know who is smiling you are laughing hyenas hyenas are laughing you know you know how the hyenas shout <laughs> you know that's how the hyenas make sound uh, that does not mean they are happy you know their life is miserable always eating some rejected dead bodies already dead body killed by a lion whatever rejects that one they will eat you know and that is their life they are also smiling pig is also smiling very fat you know nobody can become very fat unless they are very happy so the pig is also happy so they maybe we should learn from the pig and the hyenas how to be happy is that the <laughs> so these people come up with all nonsense you know rubbish smile means smile with krishna consciousness yeah you know that is real smile what is this material smile smile this is not vedic you know veda let's take vedas whatever is in the vedas follow that that's it sarvameda dritamanya without inventing anything actually very simple we just have to repeat but apparently that is the most difficult thing for people to do the most simplest thing is the most difficult thing for people to do we just have to repeat what krishna said that we cannot do we have to invent something some rubbish some hyena owl you know this kind of examples but why don't we just repeat that repetition simple thing just to copy paste Huh? that we cannot do that is our biggest problem in the material world <clears throat> okay krishna premadhi is saying sorry for saying guruji but prabhu ji i hope you, <laughs> i hope you explain new more topics every day uh, we will try our best <laughs> whatever we learn from prabhupada all right thank you very much for putting up भगवद गीता की जय श्री प्रभुपाद की जय अनंत कोटि वैष्णव वृंद की जय निताय गौर प्रेमानंद हरि हरि बोल हरे कृष्णा